Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. What? Hi. I'm covering my mouth so you can finally start this without me just screaming unnecessary things. I looked at my own reflection. I thought you made a face like The Scream by Edward Munch. That oh, I just took changing. one look and I just, uh, just couldn't bear it any your longer. tracks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I wanted to, uh, I was trying to have, let you have your moment before I just oh, thanks. monopolized the experience. Happy Groundhog's Day. Oh, thank you. Um, big day. I pri- big, I practice privately, day. or what's it? I oh, has <laughs> practice privately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there? Do we have a result on? Did he come out? I have no idea. The billboards in Ohio, or the the th- signs above the highway, said you need to buckle your seatbelt and avoid oh. road rage. Happy Groundhog Day, and I said okay. <laughs> a lot of sure. messages they i feel yeah. like a lot of psas just all chipped in on the one billboard <laughs> you should have seen when taylor swift was coming to town every single sign on the highway like those like uh, emergency alert signs were like t swift puns um i thought it was hilarious a lot of people were very irritated but i thought they were great oh i would have loved that i love yeah. a pun i Somebody feel like in that office is a millennial who's having the time of their lives making these signs I feel like um, for Groundhog's Day, we could have done a lot of puns. I feel like Puxtani Phil, there should have been like a rhyme. Uh, by now, the, he's got to have a rhyme. I think the joke was like Groundhog Day. I mean, I just saw it for a second and probably I'm butchering it, but it's like Groundhog, it's Groundhog Day 
again don't oh. get angry on the road or, i don't know it was something it was like about the movie groundhog i don't I, sure <laughs> sure anyway why do you drink this week emothy let's oh. let's dive into it let's really get into the nitty-gritty uh well i drink a root beer to at 10 oh, a.m or whatever new well i am trying to i several elements are involved in this but the main one is that for christmas i requested um from allison's family my algorithm knows me so well they have been posting about like a root beer club where you can like pay for an annual membership and like every month they'll send you a new there's crate a box of different for root everything beer. i know so i asked allison's family for it for christmas um and i'm i'm we're i'm accidentally have creating a bit of a an overstock in my fridge so i really got it get into the root beer um yeah i feel like that's not for the faint of heart that's not for like the average root beer lover you gotta be like you gotta be like well i'm really a cream soda person but they only had a root beer (laughs) crate membership which is fine i still i like root beer i just have uh it's not my top in my top three but i want to learn to like root beer because anytime i've gone to one of those like like rocket fizz or old-fashioned soda shops they have you been to a rocket fizz? Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Like they've always got such a an array of sodas, specifically root beer, and I always want to know what they're all about, but I'm too afraid to buy all of them. So this will help me uh, figure out which ones are actually good. And mm. uh, so anyway, this one is Philbert's Draft Root Beer. Well, the name Woo-hoo. alone, loving Woo-hoo. it. Um, and. Uh, I'm I'm very excited about this one, and the reason I drink some root beer right now is uh, because Christine made me sob as soon as I woke up this morning. So <laughs> I didn't mean to make you cry. I just please. Christine for... sent me a four minute voice message about how wonderful I am. So I don't know okay. what she thought was going to happen, but <laughs> I mean, uh, okay, I was right. Just you didn't mean to mm-hmm. try to share some perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Just share some perspective that I've had. I. I've been going through a transformational fa- phase and I think we, I think a lot of people are, I don't know if it's like the moon. I don't know if it's mercury. I don't know if it's just the year 2024, but there's been just a shift in my thinking. And, um, I, I felt like I needed to, to get you that voice memo before, before I forgot. So it plopped um, out of your head. It plopped out of my head, uh, into your tear ducts, I guess. It, it fell right in there. Nothing but net. Um, <laughs> <laughs> buckets i buckets. uh no it was very kind i really i i needed the the pick me up and and um i know it wasn't like specifically about how wonderful i am but the the sidebar of it all was that i had i had helped you in some part of your your journey you did and very lovely. massively and and you really did so i mean wow I, it's rare that a reason we drink is like a, a full-on tears reason but um nice it was. I also woke up only minutes before we recorded, so <laughs> I, I heard the you. message. I did warn you. I said you don't have to listen to this right when you wake up. So I wanted to make sure, but I guess you did it anyway. I sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I saw a four-minute <laughs> voice message, and I went, "Well, I have to know what this is about." And then, um, <laughs> and then, and then all of a sudden, we were supposed to record, and I was like, "Whoa, wow! How do I get the tears off my face? Uh, this is really bad." So, um, proud to report, I am someone where. 
this is like the only real like pretty privilege I have a- across the board is that when I cry, you can't tell after a few minutes. Whereas uh, some people, their face is a big puffball for the rest of the day. So be nice. I look Wouldn't... like my eyes have been. I've looked like I've put my face in a a bowl of ragweed. <laughs> or, or whatever whatever people are allergic to <laughs> that causes hay fever <laughs> so for me it would be like that... shoving my face into geo's armpit for an hour yeah <laughs> yeah just like a, fa- a face full of dander you know yeah yeah um, yeah is um, what i look like anyway that's another reason why i drink because i don't have uh, a lot of you know those types of privileges that, that that's certainly one of them i don't People envy that about me. Yeah, I like to say I it's do. just because I cry so often my face is at practice. So, Oh, um, that's just what your face looks like always. <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> my face is actually just puffy and full it's of tears. Like, so when I do cry, Homeostasis is just like puffy, tear stained. Yeah. Why do you drink, Christine? Oh, thank you for and asking. And what do you drink? Um, I fucking hate root beer is my first thing I want to say. Uh, mm-hmm. It's fair. my least favorite. I can't stand it. it I can't stand it. Well, it. actually, you're not alone. It's I went to the... There was a pop-up museum called the Museum of Disgusting Foods, and root beer is the is has since its creation has been one of the top five most disgusting foods to come out of the U.S. Yeah. And nobody hey. outside of the U.S. can like tolerate it. But like this, it's, is the, it's it I can, like I can see why it's divisive. It tastes like toothpaste to me. I'm like, I feel like I'm drinking sparkly toothpaste, and it makes me want to throw up. Like I just cannot stand the stuff. My brother loves it, just I so would- not my thing. I would like to do a like a some sort of study on people with the cilantro gene and mm. a root beer gene because I wonder if cuz I have the cilantro gene where cilantro is just fucking disgusting and it really if I'm being honest any single herb out there is disgusting to me any <laughs> any any green basil? that we're using basil's fucking foul I can't you don't tolerate like pesto? it pesto mm-hmm. what any anything that people use as a garnish or as like an aromat like a I don't know like an herb I just fucking t- I can't stand them really but root beer is pretty good I mean it's my too bad mouth I signed you up for the herb of the month club next week. <laughs> I hope you're talking about weed so I can just send it right back to you <laughs> just I well that's what I meant I've sent myself herb of the month club my bad yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um well I drink because thank you for asking um I just as we sit down uh ran inside from uh arriving home after my first therapy appointment with my new therapist to be like whoop, her whoop dab dab um she's the best fucking lover please talk to her about your like dabbing in 2024 (laughs) well she told me she's like a nine-year-old son so she'll probably be like please stop i don't want to see this in my office (laughs) she's like i've Um, seen this on my child why are you doing it at 32 it's not for (laughs) grown-ups um no she was great she was so validating i feel like i I teared up a bit, which, as you know, is rare now that I'm on Zoloft. And I think it's because I I felt very just like, ugh, finally, like someone who says they're a, quote, safe space, but like actually feels like one. Mm -hmm. Um, And not to say the other places I've been to weren't. I just felt like maybe I wasn't suited for that that safe place or I Mm -hmm. didn't exactly mesh with the person. Um, And I kind of explained like my past therapy experience and one thing I had trouble with is that the person I used to see um even though we aligned on all the right things on paper um I always felt very criticized after I left and at first I thought yeah you know maybe that's a me thing like maybe I'm projecting but then I noticed she would roll her eyes a lot (laughs) when I talked Uh, why (laughs) what in the world I'd be like girl you need therapy what the fuck is wrong going on right and I felt like okay she's like I just genuinely felt every single day like man she is fucking over me like she does not want me here 
who was when was this was this like this was than- when i first moved to cincinnati or to northern kentucky so this would have been like um 2020 2021 it was like when what's i was her pregnant. name i want to i want to fucking beat her up no wait, huh, wait. i can't no How- i can't go that has to be rule number one in therapy is like don't roll your eyes at somebody when they're telling you their prop when they pay you to tell you their problems Shut yeah the you fuck think- up. i'm so bad at her yeah okay thank you because i felt like you know maybe i'm just like reading into things but then today i went in and i was like oh my god this is like night and day and i said like mm-hmm. i actually feel like i can speak to you without worrying that like i'm gonna go home and like doubt everything i've said <laughs> like i was getting to a point in my, with my old therapist where i would like kind of like which is a huge red flag in therapy like hide the truth or something or like Mm -hmm. try to say what i thought she wanted me to say like it was a very toxic relationship we had and we ghosted one another so i think it was mutual um if the eye how did you find this one um okay this is where i give a a beautiful shout out because she had a little drop down menu or she's like oh how did you find our practice and i was like you're gonna have to hit other because this is like not on your drop down list i promise oh my god was Um, it like on a rhyming billboard with a pun (laughs) or something (laughs) Was it? Uh, did she share part of her billboard with Puck's Johnny Phil? <laughs> I was watching the movie Groundhog Day. Um, no, I I uh, had lamented on a past podcast episode with you about it was like the end of an episode, and I said something like, "Man, I've just really struggled since ghosting my therapist, which is the one I was just talking about, um, to find somebody that I really feel I can mesh with." And uh, somebody, I guess, emailed in and said, hey, I no longer, you know, go to this practice, but they are wonderful, very open, very LGBT friendly. And so I thought, "Okay, I'll look into it. And I just I don't know, I uh, I guess uh, Megan or or Katie or somebody forwarded it to me on Slack. And I went, well, I might as well just like take a peek. And I opened their website and I was like, this just feels right. So I sent them an email and uh, they just matched me with someone who said they thought I'd be a good match. And. Yeah, so thank you to um, the person who emailed. You probably know who you are because it's a very specific thing that you've sent. Um, so thank you. That, That's uh, very sweet. And she said, indeed, that is a new one. And I do not have a drop-down option for that for podcast fans <laughs> that you hear. So... Like yeah, that's yeah. That. Well, that's very lovely, and I I know exactly what you're talking about with my current therapist. It's the first therapist where I've I look forward every week to going. And I know. Also, can I ask how old your therapist is? Yes. Um, I would say I don't know totally, but probably like mid to late, like mid thirties, maybe like my yeah my age. yeah. I I don't know if it's something like it. This is a. Maybe it's something I had to wait for until I got to this age, but to ha- I never had a therapist my age, and this is the right. first time I've had a therapist that we're only a, like a year apart or something. Um, and obviously, since I was a kid, I've gone to people since who, who were older than me, and I don't know if maybe like culturally, like generationally, we just weren't clicking. That's interesting. But this, uh, but my therapist is 30, 30 and... Uh, so she's a year younger than me, which actually feels weird that now I'm going to someone who's technically younger than me. I know. That's um, funny. That means, that Mike means we're old because now I know, the, I'm like, the professionals <laughs> in our lives are just going to get younger as we get older. <laughs> I know. That that I don't totally love. But uh, no, it's it's just so weird. And also she's so different. I Every single, every single therapist I went to before was like kind of like an old old white girl. And like, and like. 
I feel like I, I've said this to you before and I've said this to everybody that like I was intentionally looking for someone part of marginalized communities who had different insights than I do about yeah. the, the world and how things work and what systems are in place. Um, and so and I wanted someone who wouldn't coddle me. I wanted someone who wouldn't you know, hold my hand. I wanted someone who would call me out of my bullshit. And I have just noticed across the board that all my other therapists were very quick to let me feel like the victim in places. Mm. And I wanted someone who was going to be like, eh, you fucked up. And uh, so that was... Really? Oh, I'd rather die. But I'm I'm so glad because I feel like there are people who are better with that form of treatment but i'm not i'm not one of them i know it was it's been very useful and also like she's very anti-capitalist she's like super feminist she's you know we've we align on all the same politics stuff like one of the first Mm -hmm. conversations we had was like do our morals align because like how like and also like it shouldn't be her job to like walk me through things if i'm confused like so it's it just all worked out very well like so um, i I know exactly what you mean i've never had like the Ah, oh, like someone's actually going to help me like versus you I'm actually just... get it and I feel like I can actually open yeah. up fully without like worrying how this will come across yeah yes. there, there's and I again I've only been to one appointment so far but I'm telling you I was like okay this oh oh and then okay I don't want to triangulate her but she was like I look around and there's like all these pictures pictures of moths and she goes oh i'm getting um a moth tattoo soon and i went well, <gasps> look at my arm <laughs> <laughs> well I, like, I don't mean to say uh, what's the what's your phrase you like to say irrefutable proof but irrefutable um, proof <laughs> that that's enough for me real. yeah so uh i will probably very send you another tear inducing voice memo later about how you have also you and your therapist have inspired me to go out and ask our podcast listeners for therapy recommendations um sometimes then, it works you know. i mean i found mine on tiktok so which by the way now <laughs> i feel i mean i sought that out i literally in the search bar went like like millennial oh, gen z that's therapists. what our conversation was you said that and i said i wish i could do that for northern kentucky and somebody emailed and said here this is your response to your search query I was going to say, by saying it, you kind of typed it into the search bar. Yes, yes, and it worked. Um, No, I... It's it's such a relief, and to know that I found her on TikTok, I was like, she's kind of already got to be cool or at least savvy. Like she's she's savvy, with it, definitely. you know. Yeah, and yeah. um, but it's so weird because I don't, so I don't follow her because I didn't know if that was part of me. Was like, I don't want her to find my TikTok, even though I told her. Lines, yeah, it feels a little blurred lines. Like you don't know what the protocol is yeah yeah well also because i don't want her to like look at any of my tiktoks and be like well let's unpack this one today well wow you have so many fucking what's this girl christine you need to get her out of your fucking life she is toxic (laughs) she well but then every time she she posts like really funny tiktoks about therapy like i like she's i mean she's like with it she knows what she's doing with tiktok and they're all like i i like them a lot i'll send them to you privately but um i'm afraid to like them and so, oh, but yeah. when they show up on my screen, I'm like, man, I really want to give you the validation you deserve. Engage. <laughs> I don't want you to know that I'm seeing them too. So I don't, anyway, so I'm glad ours is about mental health both ways this time. I'm, I'm proud of us, Em. Was mine? Why did I drink this week? Root beer, <laughs> I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> mental health. <laughs> Just kidding. I think you actually said because of the voice memo I sent you. So it, it oh, was. Oh, yes, 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 I, yes. I wanted to make it seem silly about that it was just root beer, but it was more than that, I promise. <laughs> uh-huh. No, no, no. You're totally right. Uh, yes. Okay. So we're both happier than we were last week. Wow. Yes? What, a, what a change. And it's Friday, you know? Let's. Wow. What let's are you doing tonight? Party. Anything fun? 
oh my gosh, one of my best, best friends whom you know, Alyssa, just got engaged and is in town with her fiance. So I'm going to give both of them a squeeze. And uh, they're t- I'm meeting her fiance's family as well. She's coming with her parents, I think, which I didn't know. Um, wow. As in Alyssa's fiance, Maddie, is coming with her parents. And so I'm going to meet the whole fam. Um, and I'm very excited. We're going to get pizza and... She's going to meet Alyssa's going to meet Leona for the first time. So, oh my gosh. Nice, I know. Can you believe it? It's been. Is it weird for you when your own childhood friends are meeting? Like, she's not a baby anymore. That's a full blown oh, yeah. little kid. It's incredibly like, is it, weird. It's like, world's colliding. Uh, like, thankfully, Renee moved back pretty quickly, like, pretty, pretty close to when Leona was born. So, she's had enough interaction that, like, they know each other. But with Alyssa, I'm like, man, this is weird that you don't know my, ch- my offspring yet. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that is weird. But today's the day. (laughs) Gang's all here. Okay. Let's hope they get along. (laughs) Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's let's pop into my story, Christine, so you can go get your pizza with your little baby. Yay! Okay, so mine. We just talked about Baba Yaga with the her little bird, her little legs in her birdhouse or whatever it was. Gotta, yes, gotta love her. 
Gotta love her. Uh, I have another Baba for you, but another uh, Baba, another Baba, which, if you remember, is translates to grandmother, and it's sometimes a title that you have to like. It has to be earned, or you have to your reputation has to precede you in a way. So I see. It's like an um, elder, a term for like an elder that you respect. Yes, maybe. Okay, I think so. Yeah, it's fair to say. Um, right. so this is the Baba Vanga prophecies. <gasps> prophecies. <laughs> So, the Baba Vanga prophecies. This starts in 1911 on January 31st. So, we just hit the anniversary of this. Mm. Uh, Baba Vanga, who, or she's she's originally born with the name Vangelia Pandeva Dimitrova. Dimitrova. Um, And she's born that day. So, happy birthday, girl. Um... In the Republic of Macedonia. Mm. And her father was a political activist. Her mom was a farmer, which I love in 1911. Her mom had the more like what seemed as the masculine role and her dad had what seems more like the feminine role. Wait, so like in terms dad, of jobs. What was the job? The dad was a farmer? No, mom was a farmer. Oh, which whoa. Feels like dad would be the farmer. It and sure then does. father was the. I guess political activist is kind of gender neutral, but between the two, I would have thought mom's the political activist and the dad yeah. was the farmer. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought you said. I like totally twisted it. Interesting. I said it to your face, and your brain still went, "That's not right," and switched I said, it up. Flip it. <laughs> um, but there, is, so she ends up being a a mystic, a, a, a clairvoyant, a soothsayer, mm. uh, and there is no documented line of this going through her family. So Baba Vanga ends up being, she's the first person in her family for this. Wow. Um, what do they say in Game of Thrones? First of her line or first of her family? Uh, yeah, first of her name or, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, something know, like that. But... <laughs> so uh, from the start, this little girl, Von Vangelia, currently, um, she has a pretty miraculous entrance. She loves the theatrics. She's born... <laughs> prematurely and extremely fragile and oh, everyone no. says don't even get attached to her she it. is not She's gonna, not make, gonna it. make it don't get she, attached <laughs> that's like, nice well her parents did not get attached and they waited two months of her surviving before they even oh my named god her. oh my they gosh were, that's so sad to think about that that you'd have to really genuinely not get attached as soon as she was born, I guess it was a, a home birth, they placed her under a wood stove to keep her warm until she passed. Oh my god, that is the saddest thing I ever heard. But then, a la Miley Cyrus, she says... She I'm came back, in like a wrecking ball. Oh, she's I not she dying. came in like a wrecking ball. Never mind. She, she said, these <laughs> bitches are trying to kill me, but I'm back! Okay, so, or whatever that Yay! video is. <laughs> so... She said, oh, you thought I wasn't going to make it. Ha ha. I'm here. Idiot. So uh, she survives. Two months in, her parents are like, okay, we got to name you. We're going to name you <laughs> Vangelia. Uh, which I hope I'm saying that right. Vangeliva? Vangeliva? Um, but it means good messenger or gospel. So Okay. That's, what I think that's that. a good force foreshadowing. And then only at when she's seven... Or no, sorry, when she's three, her mom dies. Oh, no. Then her dad goes to fight in World War I. Oh, no. So by three, she's like 
she definitely has something that either of our therapists could walk her through. Um, (laughs) And her and her brother end up being taken in by a neighbor just because it's like, well, you don't have parents. I got it. It takes a, takes a village. So come live with me. Yeah. By the time she's seven, her dad returns but he remarries to kind of this like low key awful woman and uh, keeps running the farm. Okay, I mean it sounds like um, the uh, Cinderella story with uh, with Hillary Duff. <laughs> um, you know what's so weird is I actually looked up a picture of Baba Vanga and she looks oddly like Hillary Duff. Wait, you're lying to me. <laughs> I am lying to you. I don't fucking know oh. what she looks like. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and what's so weird is Chad Michael Murray shows up later, which is All even like, right. crazy. That's enough of that. That's enough of that. Thanks anyway. Take a swig of your nasty ass juice and keep talking. <laughs> what was did, did in a Cinderella story? Was there when she sang that song "Let the Rain Fall" that on like on her own record? Did they play that in the movie? I feel like I don't. Doesn't I don't she recall? Get kissed on the football field, and I remember there being rain. Anyway, uh, listen, I don't recall. I'm so sorry. I will. I'll tell you one thing. I know for sure is after this episode, I will be listening to Hillary Duff's discography. So it's um, it's an excellent choice. I would uh, argue one of the best for a Friday evening. Thank you so much. It does. It's mm. it's giving Friday. Her albums sure never never hit on a different day. No. Um, not quite like they do on Fridays, at least. So anyway, Baba Vanga slash Hillary Duff. Her dad returns from war, <laughs> and uh, they run the farm together. But in her town, they her her village ends up under new rule and her father gets arrested for Uh-oh. his political activism. Right. Um and I will say this is not his first time being arrested for this. It seems like he is a bit of a career criminal in terms of political Uh-oh. activism. Um in 1921 he was released uh again. And so now at 21 she's 10 years old now. He's released okay. and he works as a shepherd and doesn't pay the bills the same way. The whole family kind of falls into poverty. So they have to move and the whole family mm. moves. So even like her cousins, her uncle moves uh, and her stepmom is still terrible. Uh, uh, she treats the kids like staff rather than kids. And she has mm. obvious favoritism towards her own children I'm telling you, did I not say? Does she have a tanning bed that she likes to lay in? Because is her name Jennifer was, Coolidge? That's uh, what I'm saying. Uh, lip fillers. I mean, bring it on. I think she I've just might figured it out. Yep. Um, in 1923, Vanga is 12 years old now. She is hanging out outside with her cousins in the field because in 1923 there was just nothing else to do. I mean, in 2005 in Ohio, there was also nothing else to do. So I get it. History repeats itself. <laughs> um, <laughs> so hanging out in a field, playing hoop and stick or something. And <laughs> all of a sudden there's stormy weather. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And a tornado gets <gasps> a Bruin. Here's what happens. Her cousin, mm-hmm. cousins, they make it inside the house. But apparently Vanga doesn't run as fast as them. I don't fucking know. Oh, she didn't make it no. inside. Homegirl gets picked up by the twister. No! What? A la fucking Dorothy. Just Jesus spinning Christ. around okay. in there. Um, the tornado passes through the town, still holding Baba Vanga. Think of the guilt of these little cousins, by the way. 
of like yeah. not one of you could have held her hand and dragged her in with you and then just make like a human chain of people all getting dragged up in this twister um yeah, they eventually they go running looking for her after the storm clears near them. They tell their parents that everyone's looking for her. Oops, they assume we let she's our little dead. cousin uh, get sucked up in a tornado. Sorry, mom and dad. Yeah, it sounds like the stepmom wouldn't have cared though. It sounds like she really true. Just... She's like, "That's you did exactly as I asked. Thank you." Right. <laughs> so the cousins are obviously panicked and are looking for her. This is the second time now. Where people are just going to expect that Baba Vanga is going to die. She's not around. With, she's not with us anymore. She's not in the room. Mm. Um, and they, they end up finding her a half a mile away. She got carried oh a God. half mile by this tornado. She's only really like battered and like her clothes are torn up a little bit. Um, is she motion sick? Very had to be. I, I would be. <laughs> I am just thinking about it. <laughs> just twirling, twirling, twirling oh, for half a mile. Terrible. Here's the problem, though. Uh-oh. She has a really hard time opening her eyes because so much debris from the tornado hit her in the eyes. Oh, God. Which is like one of those things that like I never even thought about. But of no. course you would have to keep your eyes closed in a tornado. No, that would be really tra- traumatic on your eyes if you survived that. Yeah. I think her eyes like... I'm guessing here, but I imagine with the the way the rest of the story goes, it sounded like it was just debris in her eyes, but I wouldn't be surprised if like a fucking like fence hit her in the face or something. Like Right. It's 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 like astounding a cow, was, you know, there's always a cow yeah, in the cow, tornadoes. I was gonna say the cow too. It's astounding it was only debris, but I imagine like all the dirt and grit would probably be also hard so hard to wash out of your eyes. And going a hundred miles an hour, it's probably just slicing your eyes up. Ugh, terrible. So I say all that because she ends up needing to get surgery to fix her eyes after this. Oh, geez. Which, by the way, 1923 eye surgery, I would literally never want. I can't even imagine. Eye surgery? I barely got LASIK this last past year because I was nervous. I mean. You got it in 2023, literally 100 years after she had eye surgery. And she paved the way so that I could see better. Thank you, Baba Vanga. <laughs> I, sh- I really can't. I don't even know what it means to get eye surgery in 1923. Like, what? It, I don't even. I, I, I really. Oh my God. I, I can't even imagine. It's like, I just imagine. I don't want to even know. Torture. It feels like it would just be a fun experiment for the doctor more than anything, you know? Yeah. It feels like they just hired an, an evil scientist who was like, yeah, I'm down to who was torture like, somebody. I'll cut, yeah. I'll cut into a, to a child's eyeballs. So imagine, like, let's just, since we're on like a mental health kick today. Imagine the trauma of barely surviving your birth and people just assuming you for dead. So there's got to be some sort of disconnect there. Like two months in, she probably was not getting like skin to skin or anything. Like just feels like there's not a bond with her parents. Then her mom dies at three. Then her dad goes to war. Then when her dad comes back, he's married to an evil woman. And then on top of that, she has to uproot her life because they're poor now and they go live somewhere else. And then homegirl gets picked up by a tornado. And then like, don't she, forget the tornado. And then she has to get surgery on her eyeballs as a child. Like, without anesthetic. You know it was without anesthetic. She, like, survived the fucking tornado. And then they're like, anyway, now lay down. We're going to cut open your eyes. Like, I would, you just I, can't I, Yes, I would literally be like, I'm I'm 12, I, but I'm checked me, out. Like, let's, I'd be like, I'm put out. me back in the tornado. I don't want to be in part of this anymore. <laughs> I, tr- I, I just feel so it's terrible. I can't even I don't even know what part would 
what do you talk about first in therapy? It's all about. you would have to really, really do a, a multi weekly appointments, I think, to get to that, to get Oof. down to the business. Never, yeah. you'll never truly be done with therapy. No, oh, certainly not. And this is by 12. So right. she gets oh, right. her... she's only 12. Holy shit. <laughs> so she still has the rest of her life to go to. Um, she hasn't even hit puberty, you know? God, poor thing. She ends up getting eye surgery. The family, because remember, they're poor. They can't afford eye surgery. They are selling whatever they can just to get her eyes uh. corrected to the, the best way possible. But they couldn't afford the best treatment. So wherever they did get the eye surgery, I feel like it was kind of like a great value version of the eye surgery. Because no, no. No. Even after her treatment, within four years, she was completely blind anyway. I would so, just, I, uh, you just at that point, you're like, I should never have even gotten it. Yeah. It's like, it was like, thank you for giving me four extra years. But I, I imagine if the surgery, I don't know if it was a botched surgery. I don't know if that was like a good, if that was a success right. and like that was the best they could have hoped for. Yeah, but, true. Maybe that was the norm. I don't know. Well, like if I found out I was going to be blind anyway, I'd be like, let's just. Let's well, just don't stab me in the eyes. Too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I don't, but at the but same I also time, don't it's know, like because I, I, yeah, I don't want to say, oh well, she shouldn't have gotten four extra years of her vision. I mean, I don't. It's not my place to say, but but like I just to know that you just got surgery in your eyes. You hope that okay, that better have been fucking worth it. And now, right, immediately your vision's deteriorating to a point where. <laughs> Only two years into those four years, she still can technically see, but she's on her way. And within two years, they knew, like, oh, eventually she's going to be fully, like, so not sad. just vision impaired. She's going to be living this in the dark. girl, man. And she, I mean, they sent her right away. They had to have known that it wasn't going to last forever because right away they sent her to a boarding school for uh, students that are that are blind. Um, oh. While at school, though, she fell in love with a boy, a wealthy boy. By the way, Ooh, la la. he proposed. Oh, my. And then her dad said, no, you can't. You, you know what, dad? It doesn't sound like you have great taste in women. So, you I, know what? You know what? Not your One. Place. Two. I mean, we could talk about toxic masculinity a hundred years after this. So this I feel like this story is just almost expected at this point. Yes. But definitely. Um, he said, I don't want you getting married. First of all. Someone wants to be with your daughter and loves her and it's wonderful. And, and like, also they met at a school for the blind. So like they have each other, they know each other's like experience and they can help each other through things. Yeah. Perfect situation. And also he's wealthy, which I'm sure is a concern of the dad. I would think who um, has been like in abject poverty this whole time. You would think exactly. like that would be helpful. A bonus. He said, uh, well, your stepmom, she recently died. I need you to raise her kids for, for me. Oh, for God, this stepmom is just too much. Even in death, she's fucking things up. Exactly. Like, you know she did that out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I cannot even say that with a straight face. It's a terrible thing to say. But uh, I just picture, like, in the Disney version of this, she's like, ha-ha. <laughs> yeah, now exactly. Really it's like, I'll run away and everyone will have to take over my Be responsibilities. Burdened with my own children, my offspring. Yeah. So she, so stepmom dies. She ends up having to turn down the love of her life, which like, by the way, let's remember that was like the only good thing that's ever happened to her. Uh, it's horrible. That's really sad. It makes me sad. And she goes to raise her half siblings in her own town. And at this point becomes a bit of like a mentor in her village, teaching 
kids how to sew and embroider. Ooh. I feel like she's kind of just become like the village home ec teacher. And I love the that. irony is so that one day they can grow up and go be on their own, which she was forced out of. For Yeah, wasn't even allowed to do. Yeah. By 28, full-blown spinster, I'm sure. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> she's a lost cause. Am I right? Well, oh, here's God. the third time where she should have died and somehow didn't. Um, she died from inf- or she almost died from inflammation of the lungs, which at the time was its own like disease or sickness where like that was okay. like you could just die from that. I don't think they had awareness that that was a symptom of something oh, bigger. I oh, I see. I see. So there's no record of what she actually nearly died from. Just right. the the side effect that almost killed her. Something um, was wrong with her lungs. Yeah. Um, so it could have been a flu or something, but, um, anyway, she almost died from inflammation of the lungs, which like how inflated and inflamed do your lungs have to be? Terrible, terrible, terrible. And they didn't have x-ray machines back then. Like how bad are your lungs that they know that your lungs. Are you sure they didn't have x-ray machines considering they had eye surgery? I don't know. That's a good point. I'm like, what was their x-ray? Like they just like cut you open and look inside and say, okay, (laughs) we did A scalpel was an (laughs) x-ray. A scalpel, Yeah. (laughs) An exacto knife. Um, so <laughs> at 28, she, she almost dies. She survives again. I feel like, you know what? Something's happening when I'm holding this root beer because it feels like my version of holding a bottle of beer. And it I feel looks like, I'm like you're a having a beer with you. Your... And I'm like, and then this bitch. And I can't what? even. <laughs> and then you'll never believe what happened next. Uh... And, then, and then I had to hear it from a buddy down the road. But she survived. <laughs> she made it. Me- Meanwhile, all I have is this fucking, I can't even put it in the screen because it looks so gross, but Blaze made me overnight oats with chia seeds. Um, How do we feel about overnight oats? I fucking love them, always have, but uh, I know they're very divisive, so I know that Why? it's not everybody. Well, I just think some people are like not into oats or oatmeal at all, um, oh, 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 but, I, oats. but I like oats, it. Oats, oats, oats. So, um, mm-hmm. I love a porridge. A porridge? Interesting. I don't know if I've ever had a porridge. Well... Well, oatmeal falls under the umbrella about, of porridge, right? What about, I guess so. What about cream of wheat? That would be like a porridge. Uh, I don't think I've had cream of wheat, that but I've like had my farina. Childhood. Oh, it's like the same thing, I think. Well, no, it's a little different, but they're similar. I fucking love farina. Yeah, I feel like um, my big thing growing up when we'd go to my grandma's in Austria was cream of wheat with um, with chocolate shaving, milk chocolate shavings on oh it. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. Best. Oh my god! And my, I feel my like sleep. I, I feel like only people who play hoop and stick are people who like whose mouths melt at the idea of cream of wheat with uh, chocolate of literally shavings. Farina, but it's us. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I just had it when I was I um, when I went to um, Thanksgiving for my with my aunt and my uncle. They make a mean farina. They make a famina, and oh. it was delicioso. Oh, um, apparently they're they're basically. A really, they're very similar, apparently. Okay, well then I probably like, like almost the same. Yeah, it'll be my my old people meal because I'm already eating it. So melt some German chocolate onto that bad boy. Oh, <sighs> good, it's really good. Is Ritter Sport a German chocolate? Sure is. I think oh. so. At least it might be Dutch. Sometimes I get them mixed up, but let me check. The light um, blue one, the Alpine milk. Oh, it does something to me. <laughs> and then the brown one with the little biscuit in it. Oh my god. Take yeah, that's out. my that's my personal favorite, the the biscuit one. Um, oh, they're they're the only two I like. I've tried all of them, and the brown one and the light blue one are my two favorites. Yeah, they uh they are they are indeed a German brand. I just confirmed. Oh, that's good stuff. I love good them. Stuff. The the light blue one I have in my freezer right now. Ooh, 
Yummy. Maybe that's I eat some of that while I listen to my Hillary Duff later. Oh, that's going to be a good oh! day. Friday party. <laughs> okay, so back to my, we're, we're in a so dive anyway. bar. I'm holding my beer. <laughs> so <laughs> we're talking about cream of wheat like all guys at dive bars do. Holding their <laughs> beer. <laughs> okay, let me get back into it. So then this, this little girl's supposed to die. She survives for the third time now with her stupid lungs. They somehow with her, like nine lives. Yeah, yeah. It's it really is almost like she's a cat. According to Vanga, while she was sick on her deathbed, which I will say, a lot of people, even personal friends of mine, if you are that close to death, that is when mm. a lot of people have a moment where because they're on the other side or so close to the veil in between worlds, mm-hmm. it ignite something or they've seen too mm-hmm. much and it stays with them when they come back to earth side uh and and it's the beginning of them having some interesting spiritual skills i have absolutely heard that i've, I've heard that very often of, about people who yeah either die on the table during surgery or have a near-death experience and they come back to earth and are like uh my entire view on life has changed like their whole prospect and their whole view of the world changes one of my friends um who is very gifted in this stuff she uh died on the table 12 times before college um she had like a really intense spleen disorder um christ i mean but oh my god after 12 times she's like oh i've (laughs) like there's nothing i haven't tapped into at least once probably i mean she's a she's a medium right so it's like yeah yeah, clearly connected something somewhere well i say all that to say Bonga is now on her third attempt to reach heaven, I guess. And um, she's survived, which means now three times she has, I don't know how close to death she was um, during the tornado one. I mean, it was definitely a Uh, a I would say pretty fucking close. I'm just going to say it. I don't know if she died and then like came back or anything, (laughs) but I do know. I I do know as a premature baby where they literally thought she was going to die. Maybe she, I don't know. Add it all together she's having spiritual experiences after this because while she was sick while she was sick apparently she saw oh i forgot to mention this forever ago it was like one of the most important bullet notes and i walked Uh right over it during the tornado i'm so sorry i totally just went over this one during the tornado her eyes are like all fucked up she doesn't know where she is her cousins are looking for her while she's just kind of sitting there and i assume waiting for death to happen Mm-hmm. apparently spirits come to her oh and tell her you are going to have the gift of clairvoyance and you're going to have the gift you're going to have powers spiritual powers after this and this is inside the tornado either inside the tornado or now she's like on the on a field somewhere waiting to be on recovery yeah. okay gotcha 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 so Oh, yeah, and that is an important bullet point. <laughs> like, wildly important. And, like, I mean, also the symbolism of, like, as she's losing her sight, they someone is telling her she's going to gain a new point. sight. Yeah, so she is having a spiritual experience then, too, then. And that happened at 12, and then everything else I've set up until now, going to school and you know, having the surgery, going to right. school, now becoming, like, a village mother, um, that's all happened, but she hasn't had any gifts up until that point. I think when she had that kind of moment with the spirits she probably looked back right. and felt like i was clearly going through a fucking trauma or i was like 
right. dehydrated or something. Or maybe or I, I hit my misremembering head. or it was just a weird dream. Yeah, I'm sure there's yes. a lot of ways to write it off. So I think she kind of stayed closed off to it. She was like, oh, that was weird. And then just didn't never put energy towards it. Right. Well, now that she's lying on her deathbed for the third time with this lung thing, a yeah. spirit approaches her and says, hey, girl, remember me? I told you I'd be back. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. This is where things get problematic. They start getting problematic. Oh. It starts immediately with the fact that this spirit is an ancient warrior. I don't know what that means. It's vague enough for me to have some concern. I don't know what it hmm. means. I'm worried about it being like, I mean, is this an indigenous person? It, is this like... I mean, if she lives in Macedonia, it could just be a Macedonian warrior. I hope so. I it, it trust it starts getting problematic, so I'm already you don't I you just don't primed. know where the line where it where it yeah. begins. <laughs> okay, I'm already gotcha. primed to be like ah. so. This is the beginning of that. So an ancient warrior. Let's hope it's an ancient Macedonian or warrior. Uh-huh. Apparently, his spirit shows up. He visits her. He says that he's here to watch over her and help heal her through her lung infection. And it was at this moment, once she recovered, that the gifts she was told about at 12 years old are starting to come to the surface. Aha, okay. Vanga begins to see spirits, and they really appear at random. She really has very little control over it. She starts hearing voices out of nowhere. And on top of that, she can now allegedly go into trances and allow spirits to speak through her. um, And she can see the future. Oh, so, casual. Casual. Um, she could also focus on a particular person. This is the wildest part to me. She could focus on a particular person and see their entire life from birth to death. So she oh could look God. right at you and know what's going to happen. Like that movie. Was that Big Fish? What movie was that? Where she see, where he sees, Big Fish? she shows him how he dies and he's on the toilet. I don't okay. know. <laughs> That, was that Maybe Elvis Presley was, you're talking about? It was probably Cinderella story or something. Yeah, I don't right. know. <laughs> Hillary is not just her discography, her filmography is crazy. I mean, clearly very diverse. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Vanga can now focus on people. Her, her clear voice is probably one of her biggest gifts. Very cool. But a lot of other random visions would come to her without any control. A la that's so Raven just kind of like they would hit her and she, and they would be kind of out of context. So she didn't know what she was looking at. Um, uh, and her powers, she kept them for, she kept them a secret for a year because she was afraid of people thinking she was mentally ill, which uh, is the first thing I thought, because I was like, this girl has like, she definitely hit her head in that tornado. Oh yeah. Uh, she's She's been through it. She's been through it. She's like living in poverty. She's raising kids. She doesn't want to raise. She's been traumatized in many ways. Like she do, she's ways. and also like just in general, she's living a life she didn't really want. Like she maybe this is like her way out is to like create this like fantastical story, or right. you know what? It could be real. It could not be mm-hmm. real, but it could be real. We don't know. Yeah. Um. When she did finally tell her closest friends and family it was difficult for them to believe her until a bunch of her predictions started coming true and they were like Uh, ooh mm. there's no way you could have known that I love Um, it they wanted Vanga to share her gift with the world but she was very hesitant and did not like the idea of fame she didn't want to like she didn't want the attention so she kept it quiet for a long time but in 1939 she has a vision about World War II oh I knew you were going to say that and that her country was going to join the war in two years. So she said, 1941, mm. we're going to join. And also, like, I don't know psychologically where this falls, but 
having lived through World War One as a child, she was probably so fucking scared of a whole other world war that maybe Yeah, well, and her dad was gone and it was her she was alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I don't for people who are doubtful about her you know, she could have maybe just been predicting like one of her greatest fears and just saying, like, I hope this doesn't happen and then it did. Right. But for her to like have said like the year and that her country would be joining it's a little more specific so some people fall into the camp that she was telling the truth right i could see both um, both sides of that yeah it it freaked her out so much that she did not want to scare anybody else because she knew what it was like having already lived through a world war Aww. so she kept quiet about it um one day while out though apparently again could be mental illness could be uh, miraculous we don't know one day while out, a spirit of an old man possesses her and speaks uh -oh. through her and tells that vision that we are going to be joining World War II in 1941 to just anyone who's walking by. This apparently. Oh, this no. Okay. So she's like, I'll keep this to myself. And they're like, the hell you will. And then yes. they just force her to say it. Okay. Gotcha. I feel like some ghost was like, I literally just, I just told you that I just told you this is going to happen. Why aren't you telling people like warn people? And so just... where yeah, I get, I mean, yeah. Okay. So poor girl. She's like, I don't even have any boundaries in my own brain anymore. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and the story spread because at the very least a quote, crazy girl was on the side of the street, like predicting things saying that we were going to join in world war two, blah, blah, blah. And so it was kind of like a local gossip tabloid story. But then the story spread again years later when that prediction came true. Mm. And all of a sudden she was like in the limelight of, oh, she could sense something. Maybe she knows more things. And very quickly she grew an audience. Uh -huh. um, other people knew, especially during such an unprecedented time, that if they went to Vanga's home then maybe they could get some guidance because remember world war one and world war two or was it world mm -hmm. war one world war two or yes it was those two yes. i think the two world wars were the times where a lot of places had massive spikes in spiritualism because yes. so many people died that everybody was like just desperate for an answer about where their son was mm. or where their husband was so or much... if there were any messages uncertainty and fear yeah so it does t totally make sense that you would be seeking guidance you know yeah and if everyone else is already kind of talking about spiritualism it's not as woo woo to say like oh yeah. i'm gonna go talk to this vanga girl who already predicted things before right. i was even into this kind of stuff um so many obviously thought she was a liar or that she was in cahoots with the devil um sure <laughs> others thought this was a miracle from god to those who did believe her, she was known to be a comfort during a scary time who reassured visitors and she brought them peace. Hmm. Um, and I just wanted to put this in that, like, uh, she was not very because um, I also don't know where I stand on her having all these predictions, especially during a time where it it was a very uh, lucrative time to be tricking right. people like it like. People were really relying on her word. She could have, she could not be legit. But she never asked money of people. Um, like the wildest request she had was that um, she would ask people sometimes to sleep with an item under their pillow. That way it was like close to their mind and then she could use 
it in her readings to like mm. be connected to them. Like there was one where um, a guy had to like sleep with sugar cubes under his pillow and then bring the sugar cubes to their appointment. Um, but she never she's asked like, for m- puts them in her tea. Like, thank you. For that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, honestly, I think she just needed to borrow a cup of sugar she and like, didn't know how yeah. else to ask for it. <laughs> But this is a, a moment where I at least say she didn't ask for money from people ever. Not she did that's not add some validity to me for me at least. It's and also I mean I don't know how real this is or if this is a story, but it sounds like she didn't want people to know for years. She didn't even want her own family to know for years. Right. She knew she would be deemed crazy. I don't know. You, as my uh, my QAnon friends would say, do your own research. So um, <laughs> <laughs> your QAnon <laughs> friends. <laughs> lol don't talk about uh, me like that i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> can you imagine if i had a cute on front anyway okay i i know uh, i was like wait can you clarify because i don't think that that's real is it <laughs> if it is they know not to tell me about it i guess uh, yeah. um so people began to see her as again not just some other figure in her village where she was helping out like the local kids but now she's seen as a mother figure to many people because she's right. helping give peace to them and so this is where she gets granted the name baba vanga or grandma vanga um also i think i don't know what age she was but i feel like she was way too young to be a baba vanga but true but she is a spinster so that's true you know what once you've hit 20 if you're not married you are you might as well be a great great grandma senior you're in aarp for sure Else. <laughs> i'm an aarp <laughs> i know i know you are my friend <laughs> i love it the benefits man uh <laughs> everyone i tell they're like don't you have to be 65 and i'm like that's what they want you to think but that's actually welcome. 55 i remember because oh, my parents had a small crisis when the mail started coming in but uh but yeah no m's in it i'm in it you can be in it too uh here's an eerie example of one of the times where she was or yes, maybe her predictions me. were true um, so this is in 1942, and uh, I forgot to look up how this is pronounced. T S A R is that Tsar? A Tsar, yeah. Uh, Boris the Third of Bulgaria. He fucking heard about her and was like, mm. "I am heading my way over to Vanga. I want to see what is going on. What is what's the future look like for me and my rule? Like, what? Oh, how boy. are things going to go?" Vanga tells uh, Tsar Boris the Third. August 28th, get ready for her. She will be coming soon. And on August 28th, Homeboy died of a heart attack. Oh, she was was death. Okay. Like his new love interest, <laughs> another tornado. Oh, no, just death. Okay. So vague. Which, by the way, this is a reminder that if you do believe in mediums and you do like to go to appointments, whatever they say, it could mean anything. <laughs> it could... Yeah, there, it's hard because it's like, yeah, it's vague. I mean, it sounds like she was right on the money with the date um so that's something but yeah, and it's it's kind of it's, it's one of those reminders that like her visions were also out of context she probably only got like august 28th which you know if if she's telling the truth on all this you know yeah. but it, it would mean that like he came to ask about his rule and she got a date and maybe assumed that that had something to do with it but it was really like the spirits maybe saying Oh, he's not even going to make it past August 28th. Like, the, the rule is not what he needs to be concerned about. <laughs> yeah, he needs to, I don't know, get his cholesterol under control or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, at 31, okay, so, yeah, so she's definitely not a Baba age she's in my mind. super old, old, elderly. Got it. The fact that we could be Babas is crazy. Um, Fantastic. <laughs> so, at 31, 
a soldier, I think his name's Dimitar, Dimitar, D-I-M-I-T-A-R, Dimitar. Demeter? Demeter. I don't know. Um, This Bulgarian soldier shows up and he wants a reading from her because his brother has recently died and he wants the names of the men who killed him. Oh, okay. This is getting a little dicey. Bonga tells him the names before he even sat down because he hadn't even made the request yet. As soon as she saw him, she knew what he wanted and said, here are the names, but uh, God is going to punish the killers. She's basically saying karma's real. Don't get involved. Karma's coming. Gotcha. But she said, God is going to punish them. I'm only telling you their names. So that way you get to be a witness to God's punishments, but you do not get to enact the vengeance and you do not get to, I'm not uh, condoning violence and you get, I'll tell you the names just so you can sit on the sidelines and watch and enjoy as they suffer. Let me guess. He didn't listen. No, he listened. Oh, he did. In fact, he was so taken by her boundaries that uh, he fell for her very quickly (gasps) and they fell in love. Shut up. But guess what, Miss Baba Vanga, who can see all? She did not see that he had a wife. Uh oh. She's blinded by love. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Yep, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. But he leaves his wife for her. And then Vanga and her sister both move in with him and his family, and they adopt two children together. Holy shit. So they moved quick. Um, All right. And they can, which always, I've always wondered if you're a medium, and if you're a medium, please write in. I hope I'm not asking an ignorant question, but with true good intentions, like, if you're about to fall in love with somebody, how do you not just do a reading on that? How do you, I, I know a lot of people have like a, like a block where they can't do things for themselves, but that's, if you're... I think that, that, that's what I usually hear when I ask people that question is like you because I've talked to one medium who said even people in her own family like she, really? she doesn't access or can't access because it's too emotionally close that she can't she can't tell what's like her emotional stuff and what's like an outside source is what I was told by one medium. So I don't know. Interesting for other people. I wonder if you have a similar trauma to me and Christine, where you're really good at compartmentalizing emotions. Like, Mm. can you put your feelings aside and then do a reading on yourself? Yeah. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I'm sure it changes, right? Like depending on the person. I mean, just cause that one medium I spoke to said that maybe I imagine there are others who can access. I don't know. Yeah. If you're someone who who actually does possess the abilities and you have yeah. any insight to this, I would love to hear it. I would love to Me know um, if you were able to look in and kind of cheat the system. I'm like, oh, I know how this is going to go. Or yeah. in the opposite way of like, oh, I see how this is going to go. We got to. This is Uh-oh. not going to work. You yeah. Know? I imagine you would think like in that way. So Raven to... not want to see <laughs> certain uh-huh. things, right? Like. I don't know. I anyway, I I'm curious, but yeah, I was like maybe uh Vanga saw two kids with this guy and was like, "Oh, he'll do." And then like never even realized he had a wife because at the end of the day that part wasn't important right. because it would get solved. Anyway, a lot of questions though. I I I'm curious as well. 
We've all been there, trying to fit everything we think we might need for a trip, only to end up with a suitcase bursting at the seams, and then I end up sitting on it and inevitably breaking the zipper. But we're in a new era now because we have base, and with base, there's room for everything. If you need 15 pairs of underwear for a weekend trip, no problem. Can't decide between a few pairs of shoes? That's always my problem. Bring them all with base. Base was created by actress Shay Mitchell to make sleek and affordable bags, luggage, and accessories designed to help you travel effortlessly while still looking fashionable. Base is thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. 360 degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, washable bags for your dirty clothes, genius, and all the interior pockets you need to keep organized. Plus, they have the cutest colors and multiple sizes, depending on what you're looking for. I have the Weekender bag in black. It's amazing because you can keep your shoes underneath, which is a game changer. Eva also has the Weekender in this adorable green color, but she also has one of the rolling suitcases in the same green, and she shows up looking so, like, spring and fashionista. I don't know. I've never seen any luggage like it. Right now, Base is offering listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash drink. Go to basetravel.com slash drink for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash drink. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So he left his wife. They adopt two kids. They all move in with each other. And they continue to have visitors through the end of the war and even afterwards, uh, because people still love going to Vanga and a lot of them would, she never charged anyone for a reading no matter what, but, uh, but people often tried to gift her something as a thank you. And that usually meant that they got a lot of fruits and vegetables and butter, (laughs) which like you can pay me in butter. That's cool. Oh, sure. Um, I'll take it. But uh, any, any resource they could bring, they would try to, pay her or some people did pay her in money but like that wasn't expected and they never turned anyone away if they couldn't pay um that's really nice yeah so one source actually dubbed vanga the patron diviner of lost soldiers because whoa because she allegedly helped clients locate several bodies of missing soldiers that were lost in war so that they could be brought home for burial Holy and shit. she could even see the soldiers' final moments and bring closure to their loved ones or talk to them about like their last memories. Oh my God. Um, there were even rare times when Vanga's vision revealed that the soldier was still alive, it, despite <gasps> being told that he was MIA and he was not coming back. Um, and she was able to reunite families and friends with their Oh my soldiers. goodness! The, do you know how much Investigation Discovery would pay for the rights to this show? Nowadays? I know. <laughs> oh my god! And how much I would watch the shit out of this show? Like, oh whoop. yeah, even if I didn't know how accurate or valid I, it no, was. No, yeah, I, it doesn't even matter. Love like, it. is it legitimate? I don't know, but Incredible. I still have to watch. I um, have to know. She so yeah so she helps reunite people, and there's actually one story where she told a the wife of a missing soldier. Like, hey, I know, like, they literally came to your doorstep and said that he's dead, or they sent you a letter or something, um, or a pigeon sent you a, a telegraph. I don't know how it works. <laughs> but 
he is alive, regardless of what you've heard. He is alive, and he will be coming home. It actually won't be for a while. He's doing something, but he'll be back eventually. The wife did not believe her and was like, I've already grieved. I can't bear any uh, false hope. Uh, and ended up getting remarried. Uh, and a year later, the soldier came home. Uh, drama. But apparently that story became very popular of like, you got to believe Baba Vanga because she is going to tell you what's going on. Jeez, um, that's got to be a mind fuck. She even continued to have strange visions, uh, but she never wrote them down. Most of the records uh, of her visions were actually written secondhand by her sister who kept mm. track of this stuff, which I like that the sister was like, ah, 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 we have to have receipts. Like, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> if somebody's going to ask, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to um, be the one looking like a cuckoo because I'm telling them about your powers. Right. Um, in 1962, uh, her husband ended up dying and Vanga mm. moved with her sister to a village outside of Petrich, 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 um, I'm not even five, speak. <laughs> the Bulgarian countryside, I think. Yeah. And then in 1967, the Bulgarian mm -hmm. government was like, we fucking have been hearing about you. No and way. And they hire her <gasps> for her abilities and give her an office in the capital. In 67? In 67. Wow. That's pretty incredible. Tell me this is not the government department. Like, I know, we all know how I feel about politics in general, but I would drop everything and I would work for the man for this department. Are you ready? <laughs> she works for the department. Okay. The it, the Institute of Suggestology and Parapsychology. <laughs> Bitch, I would literally drop all of my morals. I'd be like, I have to work at the parapsychology department today. I love the government. <laughs> and would shout, <laughs> USA, USA. Okay. So, um, I would just be a screeching bald eagle through those halls. Oh, I'd be like, <laughs> parapsychology department. Um, oh my god, that's wild. I love so, that they had that. They ends up going, she ends up working at the Institute of Suggestology and Parapsychology, where not only is she hired and has her own office in the Capitol, but they also hire her several assistants that just manage her appointments, record her visions, and then they give her sister a salary job as an assistant, too. Okay, well, I would like to be your sister in this scenario and just yeah. get to hang out and write things down for you. I, I'll, like I'll they, do that. <laughs> I feel like that was part of the negotiation of like, I'll only do this if my sister can also have a job. And I think yes. the sister is now just like in charge of like lunch break. Like she's I just love like that she has room to negotiate that way. Like you bring my sister on board, otherwise I'm not giving you my vision powers. Exactly. Good so um here is the crux of it all though, is that just like what I would do, she absolutely uh gave up all of her morals and oh, no. uh <laughs> she sold out. And oh, no. now because she's a hired government employee contractor basically yeah none of her visions anymore were ever free <gasps> she absolutely like everyone had to pay top dollar for a vision from her because she was working oh. for the government so now she's like part of like government secrets like she has I like see. essentially top clearance whether or not they want to give it to her because she can see everything um and many of her clientele were high profile politicians and celebrities and now this also like gets kind of weird in like government conspiracy shit where like you wonder, like, could they just pay her to say anything, whether or not she saw it, just to, like, keep right. 
you know the world at bay or um or could she lie and and we could just tell the newspapers she said this so that way people Mm -hmm. think of this um the bulgarian government now had access to all the desires and motives of all who came to see vanga for advice so anyone that she was working with outside of the government i guess had to jot down that they what they were there for what they wanted to know so now the government has intel on Uh like all these people's insecurities and fears and what sure um they also studied vanga to try to investigate the accuracy of her prophecies over the years many famous people ended up visiting baba vanga until her death in 1996 which feels it feels weird that someone born in 1911 i know it's like totally doable but in my brain it feels so far removed from a time that i was alive that for her to have died when i was on earth was a child yeah that that always trips me up a little bit uh um, in the end, many insist that Vanga was a fraud whose sponsorship by the state was politically advantageous as well as kind of uh, like a lure in for tourism. Mm. And others think that she could have just been mentally ill and none of it was legitimate, but she mm. got exploited anyway for political agendas and they took advantage of a sick person. Mm-hmm. Um, and either way, we still don't totally know how accurate or how legitimate she was, but she did uh, have a lot of prophecies go uh, correctly. She accurately predicted yeah. them. Um, I gasped earlier. I thought because I had miss, I didn't let you finish the sentence. I, when you said they were no longer free, I thought you were going to say they no longer came true. And I was like, oh my gosh. I thought oh. like because the government hired her suddenly like her spiritual guides were like you sold out we're not giving you any more visions now that would be by the way i can i give you a weird shout out and mention things that you have not mentioned on the show before always you could say whatever you want christine has recently (laughs) been dipping her toe into writing and has been joining some writing contests (laughs) yes i have Christine, that is a twist that you should remember for a future story because that's a great point. Is like, oh, the spirits were like, we gave you a gift and you sold out, and And you've lost your like, yeah, yeah. People are using it for wartime. I don't think so. You Mm -hmm. know, that's a good twist. Christine recently did a had to write with a prompt that came with a twist. (laughs) There was a twist at the end, and uh, it was a very good story. It was very. And Ed was like, oh, here's a twist, and I was like, shit. That's a better twist. That's a better oh. twist than I had. <laughs> Did I? Your I don't was, even remember that. Your twist was good. Uh, your twist was that at the... Well, can I reveal your twist? Yeah. It was uh, that at the end, um, the person that he was like telling this whole story to was oh. being buried alive. Or he was telling his victim as he was killing him. Yeah. Um, yeah. You find out that he's been... Oh, man. That was good, too. That, the, that so the narrator get... was the killer all along. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah gotta love it gotta love it yeah they gave me the prompt thriller and i was like yay and then i started writing and i was like this is really hard <laughs> to write a thriller no i, I uh you remember this as a motivation for your future contests that you enter. i love that thank you thank you so i do want to say some of the predictions that she has oh yes please i would love to hear them so in 1999 uh there was a Russian city called Kursk and uh-huh. she predicted that Kursk would be quote covered with water. The whole world will weep over it. Oh shit. And Kursk, nothing ended up happening to the city, 
But within the, within that year, when she made this prediction, a very famous Russian submarine also named Kursk sank <gasps> and all 120 people aboard died. Oh, shit. So this is a reminder that even she doesn't understand the context of a lot of her visions, just that she heard the word Kursk, assumed it meant the city and not a, the submarine. Um, I, I think but it's she, a little bit unfair that her spiritual guides won't like say don't worry this entire city is not going down they'll be they'll I know. Just like you'll understand someday like it's one of those conversations me. where i could sit for hours and wonder like where is the red tape like why why can't they yeah give us more information what are the rules? is it is it yeah are there rules or like are they following rules and it's like just rules that we don't understand because we're not part of that world or like can they not give any more are they putting out as much energy as they already can and like they they don't have any more room mm-hmm. to give any more context? I don't know. Me but either. Just some uh what a wacky that's a raven episode that would be when we thought we had let's, to save a city, but it was actually a submarine it was and everyone a submarine died. and then they all died instead. I yeah, what a what a wacky day. Um I, <laughs> That's me. I feel, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's me. You're probably wondering how this submarine drowned. Um I I feel like we should take advantage of the 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 herb of the month club that I signed us up for and uh, discuss <laughs> this topic at a future date because I think we'd have a lot to uh, to discuss. Well, so I agree. Uh, she okay, also good. predicted that the forty fourth U.S. president would be a black man. Whoa! She was so specific. She predicted Brexit. She uh, said. <laughs> She said major world cities would have record droughts in 2022. And in 2022, many cities in Europe declared official droughts. Mm. Uh, There is kind of the thought that in 1989, she predicted um, 9-11. Because she, I don't know any more context other than this, but in her premonition, she said, Horror, horror! The American brethren will fall by be- after being attacked by steel birds. Well, sounds pretty close. I mean, eerie, certainly eerie. Eerie, definitely eerie. She allegedly predicted the fall of the Soviet Union, the Union of East and West Germany, uh, mm. the Chernobyl disaster, the date of Stalin's death, Whoa. and. During COVID, which she was not around for, she died in 96, but during COVID, a longtime follower of Baba Vanga said, I remember back in the 90s, and there was one prediction she always mentioned that always stuck with me, and I never knew what it Uh meant, but she said, the corona will be on all of us. (gasps) And... That being said, this is another moment where, like, it's an out-of-context, that's so Raven vision. Like, how would you ever know what that meant? Well, because Corona in Bulgarian means crown. And so at the time when she made that prediction, everybody thought that she was predicting that there would be an invasion, that like the crown (gasps) would be on all of us. But an invasion never came. And so they were like, well, I guess that was a false premonition unless something else is to come. But she probably in her vision heard the word Corona and didn't know what that meant. And and, I mean, this is probably semantics, but to say on us all means Mm -hmm. like not just on a certain nation or a certain like no one nation is invading another like we're all struck by this outside force wow that's really wild she also predicted that around 2020 we would use solar powered vehicles to replace oil and gas extraction which around that time is when tesla came out Mm -hmm. um 
not uh, not all of our predictions have come true, but we, you know, believers can also say they just haven't come true yet, including a cure for AIDS. Uh, she's predicted a radical change to Earth's orbit. She's predicted Whoa. proof of the spiritual world and keep dreaming, girl. But she predicted world peace for a thousand years, which what happens on the thousand and first year? I was going to say, I don't like that one because that implies that I will live with anxiety for those whole thousand. Well, I won't be alive, but you know what I mean? I feel like there would just be this constant anxiety of like, it's going to end any day now, you know? Mm -hmm. She uh, uh, did predict that in around 200 years, we will officially make contact with extraterrestrials and Hungary will be the first to do this. But jokes on her because we've already made contact with extraterrestrials. Yeah. Um, which that my TikTok was just covered with that footage. Um, mm. It's also said that next year, this oh no, not next year because this is now twenty twenty four. Um, this year she predicted that in twenty twenty four, Putin will be assassinated by someone from his own country. Oh shit! Well, that's a very specific one. So keep your eyes out. No, for um, real. If that happens, I'm going to get fr pretty freaked out. Yeah. Uh, she also said uh, a country in 2024, a country will carry out biological weapons tests and attacks, which depending on Fuck. who you talk to, I'm sure there's uh, people out there who think it's already happening or it, it oh, is already shit. whatever. Uh, also that there will be a terrorist attack on Europe, that there will be a huge economic crisis next year. So buy your houses oh, now, 2025. We've, we've, got, we've gone through <laughs> enough. I say we've uh, gone through enough. And she's like, I went through a fucking tornado. Don't talk to me about going through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, she also right. said there would be a career for, uh, not a career, there would be a cure for Alzheimer's. And sometime this year will be a cure for cancer. She said sometime oh in 2024. That's um, hard. She's playing, she's playing my emotions real hard here. Like, I feel like on the one hand, I'm like, please, God, let some of this be true. I would love to find a cure for AIDS and for Alzheimer's and cancer. And then on the other hand, I'm like, I don't know about this biological warfare thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think I like that very much. Also, again, mm. if you're someone who's uh, a bit uh, deeper down the rabbit hole, you might uh, say, well, there probably already is a cure for cancer, but big pharma, blah, 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 blah. But maybe this right. will be the year that, like, the cure for cancer is revealed to people. That's your so, QAnon friends. You can talk to them about that. <laughs> well, regardless of her validity, Baba Vanga is said to have always had a deeply valued uh, love for nature and human life over wealth and greed. Um, and nice. I I'll end on, a, on two quotes from her. The first quote is... There won't be a third a third world war, but if you continue polluting nature, it will destroy us. If you continue to treat Mother Nature like that, a day will come when different plants, vegetables, and animals will disappear. First, it will be the onion, garlic, pepper, and then bees. Milk will become poisonous. People will sow wheat, but rye will grow. And then the last quote is, we all one by one will go to the other world, but planet Earth and humanity will remain. Our planet existed for billions of years and will exist for many more before an apocalypse. Whether it's written in stone, it cannot be changed. Sooner or later, it happens. Ooh. Oh, my God. And that's, that's first of all, a reminder to not only drink some water you thirsty little rats but also take your anti-anxiety medication and I that done either one today help <laughs> and that is baba vanga oh gosh 
I was expecting another house with chicken legs, and this is not what I was prepared for. Not what you signed up for? <laughs> not what I signed up for. Um, you know, I had a fifth grade social studies teacher who was obsessed with Nostradamus, and instead of actually ever doing work, we just he just read us, like, the world's most terrifying, like, predictions. And it, I was in fifth grade when 9-11 happened, and so... When that happened, basically the entire rest of the school year was him being like, and Nostradamus predicted this. And now oh looking God. back, like he was a little bit off his rocker. But um, at the time we were like, wow. And I would go home and my mom would be like, what are we paying this school for? Like you come home and you're like, Nostradamus predicted like apocalypse. In, in, and then we learned about the Mayan calendar and how it was real. And now I'm like, that man should not have been teaching history to children can i be honest um, when you first said nostradamus i heard nosferatu and i oh. was like oh my god like i don't remember that but not it quite makes sense. not quite <laughs> uh yeah i don't want to say the guy's name because um he was like an icon at my school like he was mm -hmm. that teacher who was like the cool guy but you know now looking back i'm like i think we all had kind of a toxic uh relationship with this teacher uh you know, I think it kind of goes that way sometimes. Um, and I'm not sure if he's even mm -hmm. still alive, but... Uh, That's how I feel about the was... icon teacher at my school. I'm like, is he okay? Because, like, yeah, he was I'm old like, when I was there. to Google him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, wowza. Anyway, so that, like, I've just always been... I think I was the only one in class who was, like, desperately fascinated by these stories, like, about Nostradamus and all that. And people just were like, I'm glad we're not doing work. And I'm like, me too. But also, I want to know more about these At prophecies. the time, I think I would have been more of a happy I'm not doing work person. But in hindsight, I would have been like, man, I should have really appreciated the stories being told to me. Oh, I was just in it. I was like a conspiracy theorist, fifth grader. Like, cra it was crazy. Um, I'm very <laughs> glad that <laughs> I feel like he's kind of the kind of person who would maybe have fallen to QAnon. You know, like he was really into all the like offbeat sources and how things aren't what mm -hmm. they seem. Um, Which is wild. I mean. It, it's it's shocking even today i mean i feel like QAnon became part of our you know became part of the the air where like all of us kind of just know about it and like it kind of right. got forgotten so i think a lot of people feel like they gave up on QAnon. we're like oh well there's just crazy people in the world now but right. like it it's wild i'm still in like the forums on reddit and like people are still losing family to QAnon and shit like yes, it's yes wild. well and now with I mean, even with freaking, I was just talking to my dad about it last night, like with the 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 Chiefs and and Taylor Swift and people are like the government has created. I'm like, you oh guys, relax, I, my God. But just like how it was like your icon teacher who fell into it, I still think the scariest part about QAnon is that some of the smartest people are the that's, people who yeah, fell into it because they really were originally open minded, open minded, and had genuine intentions about doing their own research because they didn't want to be swayed by anybody and it just yep. they fell into like the world's worst rabbit hole it's it's just yeah. it's just wild so i'm not surprised that like a teacher who was like well respected might have it's taken a turn you know yeah and I, I mean i don't know that about him because like i genuinely don't but um it may or I may could, not I could, allegedly i could <sighs> see it i could let's just say like it wouldn't be shocking to me. Right? There's there's some people I don't keep in touch with anymore, and I think about them. And I'm like, I bet I know where they ended up. Like I, so mm, I have yeah, a you're feeling. Like, I don't think I need to Google it to find out. Um, right, right. If I check their Facebook, I think I know what their post would look like. Oh, and this was the same teacher that walked us through the entire Elizabeth Smart kidnapping. So, like, Ooh. I was, we were in his class, like, as that unfolded. And so it was a weird year. It was like 9 11, Elizabeth Smart. Like, I mean, I don't, I, 
did that happen in 2001? It must have. Um, it, it definitely happened way, when we were children because all it did was fuel any fire my parents had about me being kidnapped. So yeah, uh, okay, so that happened 02. Yeah, so like that probably that same school year, and I just remember being like, fifth grade is a very formative time. All of a sudden for me, I was like, this is a learning about the world from a yeah, very weird we had, guy. We had all that, and the and then the DC sniper too. So they would teach us how to hide from. Oh, guns the, oh way before God. it was like fucking yeah. normal before it was cool <laughs> I'm just yeah, before, before it was, it was like normal. what every kid was doing oh my god it's horrible um anyway wow what a story em um thank, thank you. you for sharing that with me and everybody all right i have a story for you today that is pretty wild uh this is the story and i'm curious to hear if you know about it because it's been pretty um pervasive recently it's the story of natalia grace nope the curious case of natalia grace okay oh i mean yeah uh, but i like the wordplay you should be yeah, a mean, writer and like join a bunch of contests or something yeah i should although that is the name of the documentary so that is why i said it uh oh okay never mind. I, I did not invent that to be clear um so that's the that's the show that came out earlier this year or no i'm sorry i think it was end of 2023 that like rocked everybody in the true crime world so this story um and and Sersha put a really good note up top here so i'm just gonna use their words um this story largely centers on dwarfism and ableism um oh, okay aka like discrimination against people with disabilities and um because uh the vernacular here is important i'm gonna also quote this that the little people of america organization lpa defines dwarfism as a medical or genetic condition that usually results in an adult height of four foot ten inches or shorter among both men and women although in some cases a person with dwarfing condition may be slightly taller than that the average height of an adult with dwarfism is four foot but typical heights range from two foot eight to four foot eight and according to LPA and several content creators and writers with dwarfism, the preferred terminology to refer to people with dwarfism is person or people with dwarf dwarfism or a little person, little people, depending on their preference. Mm -hmm. um, and LPA also lists person or people of short stature as a third option. Um, and people without dwarfism are referred to as being average height. So that's currently, um, you know, the, the preferred vocabulary to use. Sure. Um, and Sersha also noted that they use several organizations um, and different content creators and writers with dwarfism to get like as much of an accurate insight as possible in good faith. Um, but of course, you know, there are always going to be exceptions. Not every group is going to prefer the same terminology for example um although dwarfism is recognized as a legal disability under the um, americans with disabilities act ada uh, some people with dwarfism do not identify um as being disabled while others i embrace it mm -hmm. so there's a lot of you know it's just nuance just like everything else right i also so, i feel like it should be mentioned just just in case one person who's listening doesn't know this that the m word is a slur uh, oh, big time. Big time. I feel like it's shocking how many people don't know that. Um, I feel like I only surround myself with people who happen to know that, but there have been times where I'm like, oh, you fucking don't know that that's like oh, a big you, fat no-no. So You missed the memo. <laughs> yeah. So in case someone didn't know, I'm not trying to like add on to yours with the most obvious piece and be like the main yeah. takeaway, but just in case someone doesn't know, the M word for little people is uh, like beyond no-no. It's a that. big no-no. We we don't use that anymore. Um, and I've just given you several other options. So, you know, mm -hmm. we can, uh, we can exactly. all work and grow together. So let's get into it. 
And you don't know the story, correct? At all. Okay, buckle up. <laughs> okay, here we go. So Natalia Grace was born in Ukraine on September 4th, 2003. Although that date would become hotly contested. Hmm. Her birth date would become hotly contested. Let's just leave it at that. Her mother uh, gave birth to her at the hospital and did not take her home. Uh, and so Natalia was placed into an orphanage awaiting adoption. She was born with spondyloepiphyseal dysplasia congenita. Yeah, Ooh. I practiced. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Spondyloepiphyseal, I really hope I'm saying that right, spondyloepiphyseal dysplasia congenita, or SEDC. And among the 400, fun fact, types of dwarfism, SEDC is very rare and occurs in fewer than one out of 100,000 births. Wow. Okay. So people with dwarfism can be born to average height parents and have average height siblings. In fact, over 80% of children with dwarfism have average height parents. And according to the Children's Hospital of Pennsylvania, most cases of SEDC are caused by a new genetic mutation of chromosome 12 in utero, um, but this it can also be a genetic condition. So it can vary by individual, but SEDC can affect the skeleton, the muscles, the digestive system, the respiratory system, vision and hearing, among other body systems. Dwarfism and other conditions and disabilities are, as you know, we've just already listed a com formerly commonly used slur um, because a lot of times uh, people who have disabilities or other conditions like dwarfism are considered inherently bad or different or, you know, just othered because of, because of their condition. Mm -hmm. um, but with medical and social support and accessibility tools, people with SEDC can live just as happy and same great quality of life as anyone else can, right? Like same with anyone with m any condition if we give them the right tools and the right access and you know the ability to live as a human on this earth <laughs> the way that they were mm -hmm. born uh you know just deserves to be noted i would say so natalia was an orphan and she would need the support of uh an empathetic and proactive family who would be ready to advocate for her care so of course there are additional uh how like i'm trying to think of the right word like there's just Supports. a lot more responsibility yeah you would need you'd need to be prepared to offer more support like medically speaking and so on so in 2008 natalia was adopted by the Sacconi family in new hampshire at the age of five now we don't exactly know what happened with the Sacconi family reports are pretty vague and they have refused to comment in any of the documentaries covering the situation. So there's a lot of speculation out there. Um, some of the speculation is that the Sacconis were just unwilling or maybe unable to financially support Natalia's complex medical needs. Um, perhaps the Sacconis suffered some sort of major unforeseen life event that, that caused them to have to change Natalia's home um, but whatever the case they decided to quote-unquote rehome Natalia now I'm gonna get into this very briefly I have a very sore spot about this um, I don't know why probably just because it's about children but um, I've watched several YouTube kind of exposés about families that have adopted children only to rehome them and it's just mm. this uniquely horrible 
situation a lot of the time. Not every time, but a lot of the time. Um, so rehoming adopted children is a, a pretty big phenomenon in the United States. Like you might not realize it. And that's because a lot of times children will be adopted privately. And then when the parents feel like they can no longer care for the child or don't want to, um, they can turn to Facebook and what? Yeah, literally. Yeah. What? I had no uh, yeah. idea. <laughs> I know. Facebook has come under heavy criticism for allowing adoption groups where prospective parents post advertisements and photos of their children looking for new families. Like a like an animal. Like a puppy that was born under your porch or something. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, in many states, the courts do not even need to get legally involved. This isn't even an illegal behavior. It's just what? How, how you, I know you basically, we're not going to like parents... sign paperwork at the very least. Oh yeah. We'll sign paperwork. They basically post their child to Facebook, meet the prospective family and then sign and notarize the custody documents and bing, bang, boom. Uh, and oh my God. you know, even. Even in the smoothest, which I'll mention later, but even in the smoothest of these rehoming, it's still a traumatic event to be rehomed to a new family, to be, right? Like to be for your your parents to not want you, yeah, right, or or to not be able to care for you, or to just just to even change your environment, whether it's whether it's necessary or better for the child or whatever. Aside, even like a divorce, it's, it'll be traumatic because it's it's a it's a major life event, even if it's the smoothest, most healthy divorce possible, right? So, it's still um, it's still a rough a rough experience, and then you know you get into the details of some of these families that are really should just go to prison, but whatever. Um, so, adults who were adopted as children have begun speaking out, um, and I've heard some of these on YouTube, like these kind of tell-all. Uh, experiences from the people themselves who've experienced this uh telling stories of being rehomed multiple times um a lot of times parents who rehome adopted children cite behavioral issues life changes expensive medical needs i think a lot of times families who do this get in over their heads um mm -hmm. and they don't realize like how much um or or you know it, there's there have been cases where the adoption the adoptive agency is not upfront about some of the uh, you know, either a disability or some of the struggles that the child has had or some health issues. And then they move in with the family and the family is suddenly like too overwhelmed and they had not been prepared for that. So, you know, there's a lot of moving parts that um, make this obviously very textured, but uh, it's just also very sad because in what world, like, would you rehome your quote, like your biological child it's almost like you right. don't see an adopted child as your real child because mm -hmm. you adopt them but then there's also uh there's caveats or there's like strings attached you know um and so it's it just is a very I know that it runs a gamut there's a whole spectrum of like why it might be necessary to rehome some a child with specialized needs I understand that um it's just very sad when parents just kind of don't Oof. realize what they're getting into and rehome a family or rehome a child. So anyway, so imagine a Facebook group basically dedicated to giving away your biological children because like the child is having medical issues or, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just hard to wrap your head around. Um, I'm going to read you just to give you an idea, an example of a real, I hate to even say these words together, advertisement for a child. Uh, this was oh posted God. on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Quote, 
Born in October of 2000, this handsome boy, Rick, was placed from India a year ago and is obedient and eager to please. Oh. Fucking vomitous. That was a post Sounds, on Facebook. That was kind of giving enslaved person. Right? Okay, so my next bullet is literally that there have been cases exposed where the adoptions have led to human trafficking, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, is not surprising, right? So there's this one uh, girl, her name was Kita Pukela, and she was adopted as a teenager from Liberia and described as troubled. And her parents posted an ad to rehome her online and sign her over to new parents two days later, uh, where she was immediately sexually abused the same night. Um, so it's just really the fact that it's a, it's essentially place. like if you're like a, a if you are a sexual deviant, a sex offender in some way, like you could just go to Facebook Marketplace and get a child. Liter, I mean, literally, and look at that photos. That feels like it should like, be like the dark web or some shit, it and feels, it's just Facebook. It feels like it shouldn't be Facebook fucking Marketplace. I want a little are. a little handsome boy who's eager to please, and I can get him right? tomorrow. What oh, the fuck? God. It's really sick. And and so many adopted children have shared similar stories of being trafficked through these rehoming ads on Facebook. Um, so Reminder. Now, just to give you all that context, reminder that the Sacconis are in a place where they've decided to rehome five-year-old Natalia. Again, we don't know why, um, but because they are, have kept it private, but that is what they decided to do. And okay. they posted about Natalia, and a woman named Judith Irving saw Natalia's photo and just fell in love with her right away. And Judith is also a person with dwarfism and felt like she was uniquely you know, qualified to be able to uh, care for this child. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to give Natalia a loving and affirming home. But allegedly, the Sacconis asked Judith to pay $25,000 out of pocket uh, in legal fees for the adoption. And she was like, I cannot afford that. Um, and so some it's people like, you have should be fucking thanking me that I'm taking someone off your hands where you should be going to jail for doing this. Yeah, where, like, like, where you, exactly. Yeah. I mean, not, obviously, I, Moving on, <laughs> moving yeah, on. But I, but I also want to be clear that is just one side of the story. We don't actually know the real facts of this exchange or what have okay. you. Um, some people have criticized the Sacconis, basically what you're saying for attempting to sell Natalia instead of you know finding a more affordable legal option to process the adoption. Um, but we don't have the facts. We don't know what the real costs were to rehome Natalia. So this is all speculation. Um, but it was difficult to let go. And Judith said, in my heart, Natalia is the daughter I never had. But she just could not come up with, according to her, the $25,000 they were asking for. So two other potential parents who were also little people flew to meet Natalia. But according to them, something about the meeting felt off. And one of them said something was wrong with Natalia, but he couldn't decide whether it was her or just the whole adoption situation itself. Um, And he was already uneasy because, as he claims, the Sacconis had asked the couple to reimburse them for medical expenses that they'd already paid for Mm. Natalia's previous procedures. So it is coming off a little bit like several people have alleged the Sacconis were asking for sums of money to find the right home for Natalia. And so this couple also left and did not adopt Natalia either. Um, And that's kind of what caused people to accuse her parents of attempting to profit because two families who both were in a similar situation, they were either little people or or had dwarfism and they were willing to give her a safe, happy home. And apparently it just didn't, the Sacconis didn't agree to the, to the exchange so mm. that's kind of where they get criticized um 
Regardless of the truth behind the Sacconis choosing to rehome Natalia, she ended up with a couple named Michael and Christine Barnett, who had three biological sons named Jacob, Wesley, and Ethan. Now, this is where the story turns into like the melodrama of the docuseries and the true crime and all that. So she ends up with this couple, Michael and Christine. And uh, in the Discovery Plus documentary, Michael claimed that the whole family traveled to Florida to adopt Natalia from an agency called the Adoption by Shepherd Care. However, after the first season of this docuseries aired, the adoption agency, Adoption by Shepherd Care, released a statement to the public that said, Contrary to Mr. Barnett's claims, ASC did not initiate any communication or contact with Mr. and Mrs. Barnett regarding Natalia's adoption. The adoption process for Natalia was carried out by a court in New Hampshire where the original adoptive family resided. You know when Taylor Swift, you know when Taylor Swift had to write out publicly, like, I would like to be excluded from the narrative, like, don't fucking include me. Don't include me in the narrative. I did not, I was not part of this yeah we were not part and parcel to this like shady ass shit that you're pulling here sir Mm. um and and i i think you know that just he uh, my take on it is that he didn't want to say yeah we paid the money or whatever to the sacconis to buy a child like my guess is he didn't want it to come off that way i don't know if that's true um but for what it's worth the adoption agency was like wait what he said that no we had nothing to do with it so i don't know very odd People were left to wonder then, of course, why Michael would fabricate an entire story about Natalia's adoption. Um, if sure. this was a legitimate adoption, like, why are you making up facts about it? Uh, so right. it's already yeah. looking Immediately shady. shady. Yeah, very, very shady. So Michael expressed that he and Christine were happy in their marriage, loving parents, simply ready to welcome a new child into their life. So one of the uh, couple's children is autistic, and Christine had written a book about her son, This book, I looked it up. It's called The Spark, A Mother's Story of Nurturing Genius and Autism. And the description reads, Christine Barnett's son, Jacob, has an IQ higher than Einstein's, a photographic memory, and he taught himself calculus in two weeks. But the story of Christine's journey with Jake is all the more remarkable because his extraordinary mind was almost lost to autism. And, God, I just feel like this whole episode is like me giving glaring caveats or glaring like <laughs> massive hello. PSAs massive PSAs thank you um quick note <laughs> quick note on autism uh there's a there's a stigma surrounding autism it's not going to surprise any of us that you know even some parents feel that autism is a disease that steals away like who your child really is right like there's almost this idea sometimes that there is a quote, healthy, happy child hiding somewhere inside if we defeat the autism. Um, But experts argue that an autistic person doesn't exist separately from their autism. Um, According to the Autistic Advocacy Organization, autism is an edifying and meaningful component of a person's identity, and it defines the way in which an individual experiences and understands the world all around him or her. It is all pervasive. Also, essentially, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, the fact that there even is like a a standard of what a successful child looks like is like, yeah. And just say like, oh, well, they have to be happy. And I'm like, have you not met people with autism? Because I know plenty of happy autistic people. Exactly. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, you, you win. That's it. You did it. 
Yeah, you did it. Congratulations. Um, and and I say all this because Christine's book was a hit. It received a lot of praise, but of course, a lot of backlash because um, autistic readers and parents of autistic children felt the book was focused not on her child, Jake, but on Christine sort of praising herself for like overcoming Jake's autism, if that, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and Overcome? others criticized. Yeah, just like she almost like she wrote it to be like, look what I overcame as instead of saying, like, here's how to provide, you know, the best. Support I defeated this big, child. ugly monster in right. my it, child. It sort of, yeah, that sort of feels like what the criticism centered around. Um, and others criticized Christine for profiting off her son's stories. Um, you know, Jake was kind of brought around on a national tour, did 60 minutes, all that good stuff. Um, but Christine so and Michael. We, are, so they exploited him on how gross his autism is. Well, I wouldn't, I mean, I, I feel like there's two sides to this. Like, I don't, I haven't read the book, so I don't know like how okay. the, the criticism wasn't about her take on autism so much as it was about the book being more about her than her own son. Like if, if that makes okay. sense, I don't think, um, I don't know enough, I'll be honest. I don't know enough about the book to like make claims about how she all feels right. about it or I'm just ready or to what fight she someone. actually, I'm just clear. I'm just clear. I'm ready to tussle. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fair. Um, and, I'm like, I'm, like, you know, I'm ready to be triggered, so I'm like looking for and, a reason. And I will say, like, you know, I'm not saying that this is an excuse, but it's also like decades ago. So who knows? You know, I, some people, some advocates for autism loved the book. Some did not. I am not no expert, so I do not feel that I can make a claim either way. Um, hence my little PSA. So, and I have not read the book, so I don't know. It seemed to have helped a lot of people. Uh, you know, understand their kids' diagnoses, and some people said, "Nah, this ain't it." So I don't, I don't, I don't okay. quite know. Um, but for what it's worth, uh, Christine and Michael felt like they could take on uh, a child who had some medical challenges, and that is why they thought, "Okay, well, Natalia would be a perfect fit in our home." But things, as you've probably suspected, did not work out that way. Um, the night of Natalia's adoption, Christine was giving her a bath when she started screaming for Michael, for her husband. And she sounded terrified. So Michael comes running in, into the bathroom, and Christine points out that Natalia has pubic hair. And this becomes what? a major point of this whole story. This is like one of the linchpins of this entire case. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They later discovered that Natalia was experiencing and hiding menstrual cycles, uh, which shocked them because, again, she's only six years old. So Natalia's pediatrician connected the Barnetts to a family whose daughter also had SEDC, just like Natalia. And when the girls met, Natalia was much bigger than the other child. And so the Barnett started to, like, harbor the suspicion that Natalia was older than six because of her size and hormonal development. Could she have just not, like, could, like, the people who put her on essentially Facebook Marketplace have just, like, you know how when you put a puppy on there and you don't know how to read the age of the puppy and you're like, he's only right. three months old. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, a horse is trampling into your house. Like, do you think it could have been, like we're guessing she's five. I mean, they have the, her birth certificate from Ukraine. So it's like, it would have had to start, oh. I imagine at a different point. Um, I mean, it could be, I could be that they didn't know and felt weird about it and guessed, okay. but the, the birth certificate said 2003. So they oh, were, okay. you know, uh, that was the age based on the paperwork they had. Um, 
So they're not but like so lying. They, they're just they're just they're it's just it, it's just weird that she looks bigger than someone start, else with her same start, condition. They start wondering if something else is happening here. And okay. uh it, yeah, it starts to get weird. So Michael described Natalia as having the full forehead and fine cheekbones of an adult. Weird. Uh, and Michael said that he, yikes, researched menses, and it wasn't possible for Natalia to have her period at such a young age. But according to a pediatrician named Dr. Sarah Kreckman, it is not uncommon for girls to start their period around eight or nine. Um, and even though Natalia was six, it's not impossible or even like that unusual for her to have started her period that young. Um, a University of Cincinnati, shout out, study found that about 10 to 15 percent of girls start puberty at seven or younger. <gasps> um, and wow. this is a yeah, this is a, a it's termed precocious puberty. Um it can have a number of causes, but essentially what happens is puberty, but very early. So you can get pubic hair, you can get under underarm hair growth, menstruation, Oof. acne, facial hair, voice deepening, rapid growth. And precocious puberty aside, it's also not that weird that she was bigger than a peer, even though they had a different, had the same condition, like Children develop at different rates just because right. they have the same condition doesn't mean like, oh, she's bigger than the child. That means she's older. You know, that well, doesn't right. necessarily like, even if it's, equate. E even if they didn't have the same condition. I mean, I have been this height since I was 10 years old. That's exactly like even people of average height are different sizes growing up. You know, it, it doesn't really necessarily correlate to age. Um, Could it have just been like because people were so unfamiliar with this rare condition that they assumed that their height should have been more similar. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it was just because they met the family with the other, with the child who also had the same condition and they went, well, she doesn't look anything like that. She's much mm. bigger. Uh, and, you know, that child hadn't started puberty. So they were like, this doesn't right. ring true it, to us. Sure. Michael claimed that Natalia began blowing air into her cheeks to try to hide the definition in her face that revealed she was older than she claimed. Um, and here is the crux of the whole documentary and where the story turns totally wild and where this becomes like a huge international sensation. The Barnett's claim that they at this point became convinced that their adopted daughter Natalia was an adult claiming to be a child and hiding in their home. So, if you at all think this sounds familiar, there was a film in 2009 called The Orphan, in which an adult woman has a rare condition that allows her to pass as a child, and uh, she poses as a young Russian orphan and terrorizes the family who adopts her, and her Natalia's story has since oftentimes been compared to this film. Michael also found it suspicious that Na Natalia had no Ukrainian accent, despite her having lived in Ukraine for the first few years of her life. She also didn't seem to know any Ukrainian. But at the same time, Natalia was already living in the United States with an English-speaking family for two years before the Barnetts adopted her in 2010. And, like, young children pretty quickly can adapt to languages and lose accents. Um, so it's not unheard of. Uh but Michael also said that just months after adopting Natalia, they began to witness her dark side. And hang on. <sighs> yeah. We're going on a roller coaster here. I am yeah, still at the I'm top sorry. of the roller like, coaster. You're on the loop de loop. I'm um, just like plummeting everybody down. I'm sorry. So it's true she was an adult. This wasn't like a random theory. This was true. Or, or this is their assumption. This is the okay. this is the point of contention that this entire case revolves around. Is she an adult? 
okay faking being a child or is she a child okay and the movie was came before her good question great question the movie came out uh before hold on let me see before they had ever even met natalia okay if i if i have that so it's almost like if this theory is true homegirl could have seen the movie and it inspired her to do the same thing or this happened and then a movie came out let me check and make sure i have this right um she didn't even think okay assuming this isn't a child assuming this is an adult assuming they're right this is an adult mm -hmm. she didn't think like oh i need to fucking disguise some shit i need to downstairs you know what i'm saying like if they're mm-hmm. going to be bathing me like I'm a child and I'm trying to get away with it, shouldn't I maybe yeah, dress so the part? Par- well, part of the argument was that she was hiding her her period from them. And part of their argument was, oh, she was trying to hide that she had a period. But then the other argument is like, well, maybe she was scared and young and didn't know what it was. Okay. And didn't know what a period was. It was like, why am I bleeding? You know what I mean? So it's sort of like... <sighs> You know, they say, oh, yeah, she was hiding from us. But then other people say, well, yeah, she's a traumatized child and doesn't want to, you know. So it's it's just a really wild case because people, like, could not agree on this. And it's like how, like, what a wild concept that we can't figure out, you know. If we still don't know the answer. Do we not know the answer? We'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. 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 So Michael is claiming that just after months of adopting Natalia, they begin to witness her dark side and her dark side um, was in fact behavior that children who've experienced trauma often exhibit, such as Mm. urinating in place, certain places, defecating in places you're not supposed to. Uh, She would steal her brother's toys and threw them out into the trash. Michael claimed she would sometimes throw uh, her brother's toys into the traffic, into the street to bait them into traffic. Um, but that's, you know, how Michael put it. We don't know if that's exactly what her intent was. He also said that Natalia was hiding a knife under her bed. Um, but then, you know, people who have been in these kind of traumatic situations have said, like, yeah, if a, if a child doesn't feel safe and is adapting to a new family, like, they might act in ways, act out in ways like this. They might, you know, they might feel the need to get a knife to protect themselves. You know, so it's... Again, very back and forth. Um, People really were split on this. Michael's son, Jake, who is now an adult, said in an interview that, quote, the situation is incredibly confusing. Uh, He finds it difficult to piece together his memories of Natalia when she lived with the Barnetts, and he was afraid of the possibility of revisiting the memories of living with Natalia and the stress of the time. He said it was just a very high stress time for their whole family. Um, He said it was not quite as hunky dory as his parents made it sound. Michael and Christine would often videotape uh, Natalia, like confronting her on camera and record her reactions as they scolded her for misbehaving and more serious issues like lying about her period. And they would film her and uh, scold her. Michael and Christine claim they confronted Natalia about the knives under her bed, and she told them she planned to kill them in their sleep. But, of course, there's no recording of that. So that's another what? he said, Ooh. she said. Oh, And, my in God. fact, it seems like all the accusations against Natalia just so happened to ha- have no witnesses outside of Christine and Michael. Ah, okay. 
So let me give you an example. There's one incident that's supposed to have happened in public, uh, and here's what allegedly happened. According to Christine, the family was visiting a creamery in Indianapolis when Natalia tried to kill her mother, Christine, (laughs) by knocking her over and dragging her toward an electric fence. Oh, my God. But employees at the creamery later said, oh, we thought Christine just, like, tripped and fell over, and there was no dramatic scene with Natalia attacking her mother. There was no elect the electric fence was not on. There was no reason that she would have even known it was an electric fence. Um, and as a lot of people what? have pointed out, like, is it really conceivable for Natalia, even if she is an adult, she is like four foot something, right? And like, is it really right, conceivable she that her? she right. full on knockout, drag out, drag her into an electric fence? How she would she know it would kill her? It just and the fact that the witnesses later said like we saw nothing like that happen. Right. Nothing. We, we saw the mom Ugh. fall over. That's it. So who knows? But Michael said they brought Natalia to multiple therapists who didn't believe them. So red flag in my mind. Uh, until they finally found someone who would agree with their story. And he said the therapist diagnosed Natalia with sociopathy and said that the Barnetts were in extreme danger for their lives. <laughs> so. According to Michael, the therapist told the Barnetts that there was nothing anyone could do to help Natalia. She was a lost cause. So fucked up. She was a sociopath who would harm her family given the chance, and they needed to cut ties. However, people have since criticized that sociopathy is not a diagnosis. It is a a behavior or or a a side symptom of antisocial personality disorder, which isn't assigned to patients under the age of 18 anyway. Um, And if Natalia was a child, this diagnosis, if it it actually exists and Michael isn't lying, wouldn't would be inappropriate. Instead, Mm. uh, this could all just be the result of trauma where she's acting out and she's, you know, attacking her parents and and uh, things that you you hear happen when children have gone through really traumatic experience. Which, by the way, this is all like a very good reminder that like I don't again, I can only speak on it from a very surface level what i have learned in recent years but like this is just a good reminder that if you plan on adopting a child it's not just adopting a kid like you have to it is in your best interest at the very least to do some really intense uh educating on like Mm -hmm. what it looks like to to bring someone in who has gone through incredible traumas before you even showed up and so like um i don't really know what i'm saying here but this is just a, a nice psa that like in the world of adoption, it, I think it would be problematic to just, like, pick a puppy out of the box on the sidewalk just and just like take them home and expect their life to begin here and, like, yes, negate and everything say, they've gone through. You better join my family in the way that we want you to. And it's like, you know. Especially if they don't like, look like you and they're from another background and they've got, like, yep. other cultures. And, I mean, it's there's so many things. It's not just your life diagnoses. begins when the kid shows up. Yeah. Like you have to be prepared for whatever, whatever they need. For so. any baggage they bring. Yeah, exactly. And like the people who are able to and who do, you know, provide healthy homes for, for adopted children. Uh, just one of my one of my one of my heroic uh, nods go to you. I just I'm so impressed by people who are able to, you know, make happy healthy homes for for any child really but especially you know fostering adopting it's such an important thing um there's such an episode of psas just everywhere i'm i'm telling you em i just they don't stop they never stop Uh, stop. people need to learn (laughs) okay so 
Um, according to Healthline, children who don't receive nurturing attention from caregivers tend to grow up learning to take care of themselves. And that's just a coping mechanism because no one else will. Mm-hmm. And so some children who experience abuse, violence, and manipulation from an early age uh, may come to model this behavior as they navigate their own conflicts. That's according to Healthline. And so we don't know, we don't know, have the background on how nurtured Natalia was in the orphanage before her adoption. Um, and adoption itself is recognized as an inherently traumatic process, even if it is smooth, even if it, uh, you know, has no hitches and it ends up happy, it's still considered a traumatic process. And the same, like I said earlier, with rehoming, it's just an additional trauma, even though, even if it's for the best and even if it goes smoothly, it's still a very uh, fraught time, you know, yeah. for, for a child. So other accusations against Natalia by the Barnetts and their extended family were that she tried to poison Christine and that she stood over her parents' bed at night with a knife. So Christine used social media to reach out to Judith. This was a woman who had previously wanted to adopt Natalia, uh, who and who was also a person with dwarfism and didn't have the 25 grand that the Sacconis allegedly wanted. So she reached out to Judith, Christine did, and told Judith that Natalia was scaring her and threatening to hurt the family. Now, Judith, who's a school teacher, was familiar with similar behaviors in other children. And she said in an interview, I've been threatened. So what? That child needs help. So you get that child help. Like you don't just turn around and say, oh no, like I'm scared, you know, she was like not having it, right? But the Barnetts claimed they were convinced that Natalia was not a child in need, but a dangerous adult who lied their way a la the orphan into their once happy family. And more than one pediatrician examined Natalia and confirmed that she was in fact a child, uh, but the Barnetts were determined to get her out of their home. So in 2012, Two years after adopting her, Michael and Christine convinced a judge that Natalia had not grown at all in four years, meaning she must be at her full height as an adult. Okay. So to clarify, any growth or lack thereof that Natalia may have experienced uh, could have been due to dwarfism, could have been due to just she was not going through a growth spurt at that time. Um, But the judge... Agreed with the Barnetts and legally changed Natalia's age from nine years old to 22. (gasps) Yeah. What? It's fucking messy. They changed her birth date, her birth year from 2003 to 1989. And finally free of their responsibility to raise her, the Barnetts got an apartment for her and left her there. (gasps) Oh! Christine, this is like, I've never been the, uh, so bewildered. I like usually feel like I like, is this so not the most fucking shocking, annoyingly chatty? Like, but I, the flappers are like, gasted. I gotta be honest. <laughs> Gas your flappers because we are going down the rabbit hole. So, wait, do with maybe I'm not supposed to know the answer yet, but okay. Is it a, an adult or a kid? Huh? Am I not supposed to know yet? What? Oh, if she's an adult or child? No, the you're legit, not The to know actual yet. age? We're not We're not there yet. Okay, okay, okay. Flabber your gas and get ready. I want to I wanna have so much to say. Like, usually I feel like you're thinking, like, did someone order a yappuccino? Jesus Christ. But, like, <laughs> today I, like, can't fucking think of a single word to say. I, like, so, okay. So either, by the way, if they're right and it's an adult, Think of like 
how fucking gaslit they like the think of how trapped like the the true fear of being trapped with this person if they're right if they're not right think of the trauma of a little fucking child being told like not only were you not wanted by multiple parents but also you're fucking old looking and you are freaking us out so bad it's all just so bad you're freaking us out we think you're a serial killer you maybe you have sociopathy like like you're that, disgusting because you have pubic hair at yes. age nine. You know, I mean, it's just so sick. Like the either way, someone so it, is either way fully is traumatized, so twisted, right? Like this. So this is why this like gripped the nation. You can see why people were like divided. People were like treating this like the biggest mystery of all time. Um, so yeah, Michael basically dropped her off at an apartment alone because legally she was an adult, and uh-huh. every now and then dropped off groceries. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. Her, her dwarfism made it difficult for her to complete tasks that adults with dwarfism would also require accommodations for. Um, like she couldn't reach the washing machine, many of the surfaces in the apartment, uh, climbing the stairs posed a challenge. Uh, Natalia's neighbors started to notice like someone who looked like a child was living next door, was often dirty, unfed, seemed to be completely oh unable to care for herself. It's just like, this is where my heart breaks. Um, she would wander into her neighbor's homes uninvited and seemed extremely lonely. Oh and her my com- God. Her, it's really sad. And her neighbors complained so often that her lease was terminated and the Barnard, Barnett's picked her up and dropped, dropped her off at another apartment with no resources, support, or accommodation. Uh, oh, my God. And then they moved to Canada. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. This is also, yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm saying only beyond obvious truths here. Mm-hmm. Only, like, so everyone's going to roll their eyes and go, yeah, join the club. I know. But, like, the ableism kicking in right now is crazy. Like, just every now and then I'm reminded of it. Cause I'm just thinking at this point, I'm like, is this an adult or a kid? And I'm like the, the suspense of this information is what I'm hooked on. But then I have moments as you're telling the story where I'm like, and this is someone who like has a condition and truly yeah, only that, because that of aside. Yeah. Like only because of her condition, this potential, cause I don't know the information yet. This potential child is, I mean like fully experiencing child abuse because of, because their parents who took them in did no research on their condition or they know so little about the condition and they're just assuming something must be wrong. You must be this. And then on top of that, you're going to leave her in a place without any supports. Oh my God. It's, it's Whoa. very sickening. It's really sickening. And like, they claim, Oh, well we paid her rent and utilities. Um, so but get her like, a ladder offered- too. Damn. Like she can't yeah, fucking, f- fucking clean her clothes. Asshole. So they gave her, rent and utilities but uh at one point they forgot to pay the bills from canada and she spent days without power like she didn't know (gasps) how to get power on right so eventually even if she was okay god okay even if she's an adult right like she's not she's clearly not prepared to live on her own and and it's it's been made very clear when she's unfed unable to feed herself unable to care for herself you know what i mean like even if she is an adult like you are now neglecting this person that you were supposed Mm -hmm. to care for so either way it's disturbing um but eventually a woman named cynthia mann noticed natalia and stepped in to care for her 
questions were raised at this point about the Barnetts abandoning a disabled child and then like fleeing the fucking country. Like uh, I like how questions the, are raised and not sending a man. Raised, I'm calling like, the fucking cops. Hello. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ding dong. Does anyone know about this? So the Barnetts began to tell their story in the media, claiming that Natalia was this violent, manipulative adult out to get them. And this story is that's when this story became a media frenzy because it was dubbed the real life orphan by news outlets. Uh, oh, okay. And people started drawing comparisons between Natalia and the villain in the horror movie. Um, and years later, people mistakenly believed that the movie was inspired by Natalia, uh, but it was kind okay. of... It, it, it came out before Natalia had even met the Barnetts. But if um, she's an and adult and this was her plan all along, she could have watched that movie and been like, that could have been the That's argument. A fucking exactly. Plan right there. Yeah. However, yeah. the other side of that is it, it's possible the Barnetts saw that movie and were like, well, this could be happening at our uh, house yeah. if we want it to. And we want to get rid of her. It's getting uh, to a point. Like I honestly, if she's an adult and if she was sleeping with a knife under her pillow, and if this really was one whole big ruse and they caught on to it. I don't know legally what I would have done. I mean, I don't, I would have also felt trapped because I know how it would have looked. Cause it's a little kid or to everybody else, but like maybe it's an adult who still has a condition by the way, that needs to be like paid attention to with support. Accommodated. Yeah. But like, I, um, yeah, I don't know what I would do and to feel that trapped. But at the same time, I, I would have to be somewhat aware that like I have to save face and I can't leave this assuming uh, uh, alleged child alone or else the police are going to come to me and I'm still going to look really bad even if I know I'm 100% well, right and I was not safe. No, they but they changed her birth date. She's a legal adult. She's 22. Oh, right, right, the, right, right, right. All the records. So they just said, "Okay, great, you're an adult. Bye." You know? And it they still has went, to look like at the like at the very least they had to be worried that people would look at them and think this couple collectively they have a well a, exactly an issue, and that's like a why mental health immediately problem. that's immediately why they jumped onto every news outlet and said this this is an adult she was ready to attack us we had to save our family like they were jumping into the media to like claim their side of the story and pretty quickly the public turned against natalia it may may have been like the idea that the horror movie had come to life was like an exciting concept or people just couldn't believe that a child could have pubic hair you know that young you know who knows what Ugh. it is but people the trauma quickly... if this is a child oh my god yeah so internet forums dedicated to the controversy were created with many people sympathizing with the Barnetts, and then people would like post photos of Natalia to like determine whether her features were like those of an adult or a child. Of course, ableism ran rampant on all these forums. They were sensationalizing dwarfism as something that like made her inherently untrustworthy and like that she was lying, you know. Um, and people, of course, latched onto the invasive details about her body, like pubic hair, her menses. Oh, my and God. As the years passed, Natalia, who was now considered to be in her late 20s legally, uh, insisted that she was still a child, that she was a teenager, and she fought to have her age corrected. So it's around this time that a woman came forward from Ukraine claiming to be Natalia's birth mother and said, I gave birth to Natalia in 2003. Um, then more information came out in Natalia's favor when Vincent and Nicole DePaul, a couple who also have dwarfism, came forward in an interview and said they had also attempted to adopt Natalia in 2009 
before she went to the Barnetts and Natalia stayed with the DePauls several times for long weekends to like try and get to know the family. And the DePauls released photos of Natalia playing with their daughter. Uh, and in the photos, you can see she's like missing baby teeth, like her baby teeth had fallen out. Like she's a, a little girl. Wow. Okay. And they basically said, this is absolutely ridiculous that, uh, that anybody could claim this is an adult. And the idea of Natalia at like age eight or whatever, dragging her mother toward an electric fence, especially at her small stature, she, she had difficulty walking, let alone like dragging an adult woman toward an electric fence. So they, they yeah. came forward and said, this is absolutely outrageous. Um, and their daughter, who was 14 at the time of the interview, remembered that she had a very good time with Natalia as just a, another little girl. And so she, the daughter, said she found it ridiculous the way Natalia was being portrayed as this villain in the media. And this sort of short feature started to kind of turn the tide uh, in people's minds toward Natalia, um, especially the photos with her missing baby teeth. Mm -hmm. And people left comments like, seeing this video changed my entire perspective on this case. And I'm starting to think she is actually a teenager. Um, and if she is a teen, then this has got to be one of the saddest cases I've ever seen. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It's just horrible. So seeing Natalia as a teenager compared to her childhood photos where she was supposedly an adult further convinced people that she was telling the truth because you can see in the photos where she's a teenager compared to the photos where she's a child, she has developed and grown like significantly. So like there's so no she's way she was an like adult. She's, yeah. So it's like, definitely leaning see... more towards she's a child at this point. Yes, exactly. So one person wrote, she's clearly been through a lot of growth and development throughout the years. She would not have changed as much if she was really an adult this whole time. So then attention turned to the Barnetts, who were now charged in the U.S. for neglect of a dependent, since it was no longer a minor legally, but she was still a dependent, um, even if Natalia's legal age excused them from abandoning a minor Prosecutors mm -hmm. argued they were still meant to take care of her. They had a responsibility toward her, especially due to her disability and the fact that they had adopted her. Uh, and so in the end, of course, Michael was acquitted and charges against Christine were dropped. And uh, the Discovery Plus documentary came out, The Curious Case of Natalia Grace. And this uh, documentary featured Michael, who from the moment he came on the screen, I thought, I don't trust this guy. With really? As soon as you looked at him, you knew. My gut was like, this guy's trouble. I just okay. don't know what it is. And this is my own personal opinion, but I looked at that guy and thought, I don't trust you. I don't know why, but I don't like you. About him. I, there's something I about like you. you. I'm not feeling something about you. I don't trust. Uh, so Michael described in this documentary a perfect marriage, this like idyllic home life before Natalia came and wrecked it all. Um, but weird. In reality, there was proof of domestic battery charges against Michael for allegedly choking Christine in their home. Ooh, your feeling uh, was right, Christine. I guess so, huh? I was like, this you guy took one is look trouble, and went, trouble, I, trouble. I tap out of this one, yeah. I said, as a fellow Ooh. Christine, I do not like the look of this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> so following the first Discovery Plus series, suddenly there came another edition called The Curious Case of Natalia Grace natalia speaks and i <gasps> yeah yeah oh, and yeah. i watched this i had a really hard time watching this it was really oh. hard for me because at this point i was like pretty confident this was a child and i was like this is sure. just gonna be all about child abuse um so in this in her basically she got a chance to tell her side of the story finally and natalia describes physical abuse at the hands of christine barnett claiming her mother 
would do all sorts of terrible things, sprayed her in the face with pepper spray and would then force her to wait 10 minutes before she could rinse her eyes out. (gasps) Uh, And, and yeah. So when all these, when this came forward, all of a sudden our pal, Michael, he comes out and he, he and Christina had since been divorced. He came forward and he completely changed his story. What a shocker. Uh, he now claims that his ex-wife, Christine, was a master manipulator who abused Natalia and turned him against their daughter. He's like, yeah, Natalia and I are both, quote, incredible victims. Okay. I don't know what to believe anymore, Christine. I gotta be honest. I don't know how to react. This is so nuts. I just, I can't, I guess I just can't with this guy saying all this, uh, this shit in the first documentary about how, oh, she wanted to kill me and she's this horrible adult and we knew she had pubic hair and she was on her period. And then all of a sudden she comes forward and says, no, like I faced pretty bad abuse in that house. And he goes, yeah, me too. You're right. We're both victims. It's like, you just made a whole documentary about this child that you were caring for. And now you're saying, oh, you're both in the same boat. Like, mm-hmm. forget it. Mm-hmm. So he claimed he and Natalia are both incredible victims of an otherworldly abuse. Okay. Says the man who choked his own wife. Uh, Michael okay, and- Okay, I'm back on uh, track. I got it. I mean, remember that? Remember that <laughs> whole thing? I forgot for a uh, second, but I'm back. <laughs> yeah. So Michael and legal experts on the case suggested that Christine believes she, this is what, the, this is not my claim. This is what uh, Michael and his legal team are claiming that Christine uh, believes she turned her autistic son into a genius and was hoping to like take Natalia and, and turn it into a similar like best-selling story. Um, Christine, you know, that, that's his claim. That's Michael's claim. And so Christine had made profit and enjoyed uh, quite a bit of praise for her memoir about her son, Jake. And Michael claims that she wanted to do the same thing with Natalia. It just didn't go as planned. And Natalia herself said christine said that adopting me was this mission of love and never once did i see any love i feel like it was a mission of boosting her ego type of thing i feel like she just wanted people to be like oh my goodness she's this amazing person so in the new special natalia confronts michael who told natalia that he too was a victim of christine's manipulation uh and he said that he and natalia had the same monster and her name was christine uh <laughs> that's what i even i say too i in know our i know i was like that's too easy of a sound clip of a sound it's such to, a lo- low-hanging fruit i'm sorry but fruit. indeed two people terrorized by a christine been there so been there done that i know uh wahaha um, wahaha i never made any profit being your monster but you know <laughs> that's not true this podcast I is my job, so. I- <laughs> <laughs> never mind so Anyway, he claims he tried to leave Christine numerous times. This is all he said, she said. Very nasty divorce, you know. And Mm -hmm. Michael's complete reversal on these accusations against Natalia and now saying like, oh, no, Natalia is a victim as much as anyone, even though he just said she was an adult trying to kill him in his sleep. Uh, This, of course, turned people even more toward Natalia's side because they're like, this guy is lying about anything and everything. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. so Cynthia Manns and Bishop Manns, they were the couple who took Natalia in when she was nine, when they sort of found her living on her own, said that they didn't have problems with Natalia as a child. And they had several other children. Uh, one of their children, Genesis, did say that Natalia bit her um, when she was a baby uh, and Natalia was 10. 
And according to the man's, she has been violent in a typical way like most kids do. You know, most kids fight, argue, nothing unusual to where there was just crazy unrest in that sort of way. There's nothing dangerous about Natalia at all. Absolutely not. And finally, this is kind of where we get some more concrete answers. There was a new Mm -hmm. type of DNA test uh, that came out that was used to determine Natalia's age. Um, Oh, it's like counting the rings of a tree. I know. Apparently, it's really, really hard to determine the age of a person, which, fun fact, um, it's not simple. Uh, it's, it's also not necessarily accurate, but recent advances in DNA age determination are, are getting pretty accurate, pretty close. Um, and according to an article on Oxford University's Department of Oncology website, the method works, quote, surprisingly well, on average, calculating age to within three years of a person's real age. So okay. the window is pretty close. It's about three years. So, you know, some other behaviors like uh, smoking and exercise and that kind of thing can skew it a little bit, but typically it's a pretty conclusive test. And so they did this test in 2023. And ultimately the test concluded that as of 2023, uh, Natalia is close to or around the age of 22, whereas the legal age she had been changed to was 34. So in other words... So she was a kid. She'd she'd been a child yes yes and natalia read the and and the the hard part is like natalia was just thrown into all this and was just confused and scared and was being accused of all these things didn't really understand what was going on so she tearfully read the results and said this is so big because literally this has been 13 years of just two people lying their butts off they ruined a kid's life they painted me as some big monster and although Michael has changed his story, Christine made a statement on Facebook, of all places, uh, <laughs> denying any accusations of abuse. Uh, she said that Michael and Natalia might have the same monster, but it sure isn't her. And according to her, Natalia is a manipulative and dangerous sociopath who will do whatever it takes to hurt the Barnetts and protect herself. So she basically is still claiming that Natalia is this adult, like, scheming to, like, ruin families for some unknown reason. Um, but people have really turned and are no longer convinced of Natalia's supposed dark side. Um, however, this is where things get kind of weird again, where there's like another kind of question mark because at the end of Natalia speaks, there's kind of this like weird twist. Like it sort of ends on an ominous note. Um, there's a phone call that comes in. It's like a voicemail or a phone call from the man's, her current adoptive parents, where her father on the phone claims something isn't right with Natalia. She has hit a new low and they are done with her. And that's like how the docuseries ends. But damn after this, I know. So after this aired, her mother made a statement and I'm quoting this from E online. Her mother said, we are absolutely perfect. No, she doesn't live with us, but we are fine. So people are like, okay, so what happened? I don't know. Um, Cynthia said Natalia is living with friends and that they maintain regular contact with her. Uh, she shared with the outlet a screenshot of herself and her adoptive daughter during a FaceTime video chat. Uh, Natalia is currently taking a break from social media as of late January 2024. So I wonder why this. I know. Right. I can't blame her. Um, but in previous weeks, she had been quite active. Uh, comments on her Instagram and TikTok accounts have been overwhelmingly positive, thankfully, supporting her in the wake of like the updated Natalia Speaks docuseries. And a few comments have demanded answers regarding the ominous voicemail at the uh, conclusion of the documentary. Like, wait a minute. Is everything okay? Like, what's going on? 
Um, however, in a recent New Year's post, uh, Natalia captioned a video, 2023 was amazing, but 2024 is going to be awesome. And she included the hashtag family forever and tagged her family's shared TikTok account, indicating that they are most likely on good terms. She said of her family, the man's, quote, it has been a really long journey. I have always wondered if I would be able to find someone that would actually love me. But then I met my parents and it's been different ever since. It's been a good different. Oh. And that is the curious case of Natalia Grace. Curious or just full blown miserable? It's so horrific. sad. It's so sad. It's so I sad. Really, it's like, I really was banking on you telling me it was an adult so I could just go nutso. You know, and I almost wonder, like, I almost wonder if people wanted to believe it was an adult because it's just such a less yeah. tragic, like, then you have to face, oh, these people did this to a six-year-old. And I wanted to believe you know it mean? was an adult because I, I was like, it, there's it, no it way. It makes it easier to swallow. Yeah it's, yeah. it's disturbing. And, you know, you never know, especially when it comes to things like puberty like you never know what kind of um if where you grow up what kind of like trauma you experience fairly young like how that will affect you hormonally etc i mean i just i find it also ridiculous that they were able to find a judge to change her age and i mean for god's sake it's horrible Horrible. wow i has she's doing doing well i think from what i can tell as of this month she seems to be doing okay can you imagine if she just like meets someone or like is on like a like on a bumble or like a hinge and is just looking at people's bios and says like oh my favorite movies like the orphan she has to be like oh my god oh. Like, just nope she's like nope 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 nope, nope. oh my left. god my god I feel so yeah. bad I don't even know what to say about it well it's it's sad per usual and like the missing baby teeth photo is just so heartbreaking because you're like that's a little girl like that's a small yeah. child. Yeah, and the fact that <sighs> Cynthia, when she found her, was like, she just looked dirty and would walk into people's houses and was just lonely and just wanted someone She's to talk nine. to. How did she even survive? I mean, that's its own story. Like, how did she survive? I mean, she was like unfed. She was uh, she was like unbathed. Like she barely did. You know, she really didn't know how to take care of herself. Um, that's she, its own. I, from what I remember. Like, that some of the neighbors would drop off groceries and like some of they would like check on her. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's just crazy. I hope she's okay in the world. Me too. I hope 2024 is the year she hoped it would crack up to be. Well, Baba Vanga says that it's not Putin's year. Um, <laughs> That's right. Not Some of us are not going to have a good year, according to Baba Vanga, but, yeah. you know, hopefully, hopefully uh, she Natalia has a good year. Is. Um, yeah. Well, Christine, you've done it again. I don't know how to feel for the rest of the day. But uh, what <laughs> was I going to do today to make myself feel better? Oh, I was going to watch Hillary Duff. Um, oh, yeah, we can do that. Maybe let's just go to the, our after hours and watch Hillary Duff. <laughs> okay, well, that feels nice. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, well, if you would like to go listen to um, us talk more, if you'd like to hear Christine really weirdly down. sultry say after hours and I have to tolerate it every time. you got to um, pay for Patreon to hear that voice. Uh, it's a real OnlyFans kind of voice and I have to interact with it, so... <laughs> you get it every week if you'd like to join patreon and Lucky until then you. uh we'll see you see you next week uh fun fact by the way we are still on tour so please come see us if we are in your yes. area and that's why we drink bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 
Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.